Welcome to Sort of the Story. I'm Janie. And I'm Max. And this is the podcast where we tell each other stories like fairy tales and folk tales and mythology and anything else that's on our minds. Mm-hmm. And also you are here. And also you are here. It's it's you and it's me and it's you guys. It's you and me and all of the people. <laughs> And there's nothing to do. <laughs> Is that the oh, next lyric? No. <laughs> but there's nothing to lose either, because you're not paying for this content. This one's for free. <laughs> but if you'd like to pay for some content, hey. head over to our Patreon. For $3 a month, you can join us on Discord, which includes the book club. For $7 a month, you get a whole extra bonus episode every every month. Yeah. Pretty good. You can join us on Discord with a $3 a month, too. I said that. Did you? I thought I it. thought you said for $3 a month, you can access our book club. <laughs> no, I said you can join us on Discord, which also gives you access to the book club. Oh. Yeah. Guys, that wasn't scripted. <laughs> I know that seems so smooth, but that but, was off the cuff. This say. is the episode where we reveal that this isn't scripted. Oh. <laughs> is your mind fucking blown right now? By the way, this is not for children. Oopsies. <laughs> Please don't listen to this with your kids in the car. Guys, Um, first of all, it's like 9.15 at night, okay? So you're going to have to get over it if this is a little weird. But also, hey, how about you guys just fuck off? <laughs> how we about talk to you in a whole two weeks? What's up, guys? <laughs> Fuck you. We also haven't <laughs> talked to each other in a whole two weeks. What's up, Max? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, not much. I was really sick for a long time. That's oh, true. we met some of our listeners. Oh my god, we met some of our listeners. Listen, guys, getting access to the Discord also means getting personal physical access to us. I ruined Kasten's shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I did when I saw him was rub my stupid makeup-y face all over his new white shirt. <laughs> establishing Um, my dominance (laughs) yeah as the one true Jamie (laughs) I didn't realize that that was part of the process for that but Mm -hmm. I suppose part of being my friend go check your closet Max oh no (laughs) don't be surprised with what you find (laughs) yeah if you're on the discord you can tell us where you live and we'll come to your house we just straight up did that yeah it was great Max met Kasten and also a bonus friend, which I did not get to meet. Yeah, and I also got to meet Eva, who's one of our other incredible listeners. I mean, I've never been more jealous. Eva, you seem so cool. <laughs> you want to come over and watch Eva's Twilight? Eva's so cool. <laughs> Hi, Eva. <laughs> Do you want to come over and watch Twilight, Eva? <laughs> okay. Well, that is something fun that happened to us over the break. That is something fun. And then I got so sick, I almost went to the hospital. That <laughs> you are so sick. I'm going to do my sob story really quickly. Yeah. I... Took off Friday through Monday to visit my – or Friday through Tuesday Mm -hmm. to visit my family for Christmas. I ended up having to spend all of Friday working on an editing project, so I wasn't able to leave until Saturday. I drove literally all day on Saturday. From Georgia to Virginia. Yes. It's like a nine-hour drive. (laughs) Ten hours with my terrible, terrible dog. Yeah. Uh, Twelve hours when you counted stopping for dinner with Eva and Kasten. Yes. (laughs) Drove all day, got in super late night, hung out with my family for 20 minutes, uh, passed out, woke up late the next morning, hung out with my mom for 15 minutes, and then my dad woke up and was like, I feel kind of sick. And he took a (laughs) test and he had COVID. (laughs) God. Uh, So I hung out for the rest of the afternoon. We all masked up and uh, we're like six feet apart. We opened our Christmas presents in somber silence. Um, (laughs) Oh. For the most part, we we did we we did the best we could. Yeah, we like played the music and everything, You're and we watched sick. the Harry Potter uh, marathon on TV or whatever. That's fun. Um, it was very fun, and I'm very glad that I got to see my family. But I was like, I got to get out of here before I get sick, and so <laughs> I left first thing the next morning and drove all day back. And then I spent the next week having to call off work because I was sick, but it wasn't COVID. <laughs> Somehow it wasn't COVID. Somehow it wasn't COVID. Max did like three tests. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Not COVID. I was so sick. 
Yeah. I lost my voice for a bunch of days. I know. I felt very bad for you. I played a lot of The Witcher, though, so that's fun. Your whole break that I know of was just The Witcher. (laughs) Yeah, for the most part. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good break. And also hanging out with Janie. Yeah, and then for New Year's, we ate candy Mm -hmm. and we watched Pirates of the Caribbean 3. It was a perfect New Year's. (laughs) It was pretty good. (laughs) Guys, happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. How crazy. Oh, good Lord. And this year is already kicking so many people's ass. You know whose ass it isn't kicking? My baby brother, he got engaged today. Oh, my God. Like, minutes ago. Minutes ago. Oh, congrats to Junior and, and Allie. Allie FaceTimed me and showed me the most beautiful ring ever. And you know how he did it? God, my little brother is so good. But also, he has to be good to women. He grew up with only women. <laughs> he would have fucking died had he been bad to women growing <laughs> up. But Junior proposed to her at Rockefeller Center. They went to New York City to see her sister. And... They were at Rockefeller Center with, like, the ice skating and the big tree and all, like, the cool stuff still set up. And there's all these, like, igloos, I guess, set up. Hmm. And so they got into one, like, by themselves. And he sent her sister away. He's like, you have to go to the bathroom. And she's like, I guess I do. (laughs) And she just fucking left. And then she just started peeing right there. (laughs) (laughs) Megan is actually really cool and hot. (laughs) And, um, yeah, and then... They started talking about their relationship. Guys, they've been together since they were 17 years old. Like, there's, she's been part of our family since Junior was a high schooler. Like, they have grown up together. Yeah, and then apparently he got down on one knee and then proposed to her. So it was just the two of them in, like, a very romantic and kind of private setting. And I think that's so sweet of him. That's really he was, good. Neither of them are, like, super flashy people. Yeah. They're not, like, public people. And I think that's really cool of them. Yes. <laughs> to not make a big display and waste everybody's fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. was. And also, of course, her nails are all done and she looks beautiful as always. Oh, my God. Like, oh, Allie's my God. Allie's gorgeous. One of the most beautiful people on the planet. She and really I'm is. I'm so excited to see them get married. I know. <laughs> I'm inviting myself. You are going to the wedding as my plus one. You're my, you're my <laughs> wife. <laughs> what do you mean? That's true. <laughs> okay. And that's all I know about it. But guys, uh, big congrats to my baby brother. And also, what happened? He's only seven years old. I don't know why he's allowed to get married. Yeah, that feels... Mm, that feels weird. Illegal. Yeah, right? Allie, explain yourself. <laughs> I also love that one of the first that you found out and you were like, this is so exciting. Congrats, you guys. The ring is beautiful. How'd you do it? Mm-hmm. And like all of the really basic stuff. And then you were like, so who did you call first? Was it me or was it? <laughs> I did ask who they called first. <laughs> that is living in a family full of women. If ever I've heard it, I was like, so like who? But like who knew about it first? I oh, wanted to Was know. it me? I wanted to know who you And called- if, if it was not me, then who am I mad at? <laughs> okay, I was a little afraid. This is my anxiety getting ahead. That he, I was like, oh no, like this is a surprise to me. So like, did he tell everyone else in the family? <laughs> this is the, is everyone else hanging out without me mentality. I was oh, like, yeah. oh no, what if they have a private family group chat? And he told them all that they were, he was going to propose, but he didn't tell me. <laughs> But no, I got the first FaceTime and Savannah got the second. So like, no big deal. <laughs> my mom has known since fucking Thanksgiving. Jesus. My mom and it's my January. dad have both known. Wild. It's fine. Good for her, I guess. She can keep a secret. <laughs> I'm about to start telling her so many secrets she won't want to know. <laughs> Don't tell my siblings. <laughs> or any of your siblings. Okay. I have one more thing to tell you. Mm-hmm. I have been saving it. Oh, but I did tell Jordan last night. So um, 
On my I way, was there. I know. On my way home from school every day, I pass a church. And you know how the church have the bulletin boards mm-hmm. that, like, they put different, like, scriptures or different, like, you're going to hell. <laughs> Usually the ones. <laughs> sure. It's either scriptures or you're going to hell. It's one yeah. of those things. Or sometimes it's puns. <laughs> sometimes it's puns. Okay. So that's a good segue. So I was driving and there's one of the, the churches that's always really, it's usually scriptures. It's always, like, nice things. It's never you're going to hell. Right. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I I like this church a lot. Yeah. And it's also like little and it's just right off the road when I leave. And usually it has something like Jesus really loves you and he cares for you and he wants you to be healthy or like things like (laughs) that. Like it's like nice things or scriptures or like funny little like like quippy things. And this time it for the last couple days, I've just been seeing it says frog. (laughs) <laughs> and then underneath it is it it said something else right and so it took me forever to realize that it said an acronym for frog which i hadn't known and i was trying to relay to jordan what the acronym was but as i was telling him it just says frog and then i realized i didn't know the acronym anymore <laughs> like i had forgotten and i was like it's something like f- forever like forgive r- uh. it's like um f- like f- forever re- uh ring ready f- on and then eventually I settled on, it's like for real on God. <laughs> on God. For real on God. <laughs> That's frog. <laughs> for real on God. And then we just kept saying that to each other because we were both like, that can't be what it is. But now every time like we were like, no, that's real. And we'd be like, for real on God. <laughs> frog. <laughs> Anyway, I just looked it up, and it's fully relying on God. (laughs) That's what it actually says. But, guys, I'm going to make a shirt that says for real on God. (laughs) It's just a picture of a frog in a little cowboy hat. (laughs) We went with our friends Lauren and Jordan to one of those revolving sushi places, which was my first time there, and I reacted like a child at Disney World for the first time. I just sat there smiling and yeah. like looking around with wonder a train, the whole time. A robot train. Comes. A robot train and a big tall cat. Like a robot cat. It comes and is like, yum, yum, enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you, cat. <laughs> it was so good. We want to go back every day. It was so good. But I drove from work. Lauren drove from a haircut, which meant that Jordan had to get a ride with Janie from our house, which is right across from their house. And we so did not handle Janie... it well. We just kept saying for real on God to each other the entire time. <laughs> It was, on the outside, I would say, 25-minute drive. Hmm. 20. 20-minute drive. Yeah. So far, you've mentioned to me three inside jokes that you guys came up with. That's that true. <laughs> okay, because I love Jordan so much and also... I love Jordan so much. We love Jordan. My weirdest thoughts happen when I'm in the car with Jordan because Jordan is quiet and he, he doesn't automatically fill in the gaps. He's like comfortable just being there and i'm not comfortable just being there so my weirdest (laughs) thoughts just fucking come out i tell him that i saw a church bulletin board that said for real on god (laughs) he did it on god (laughs) i was also trying to tell him about a cassette tape that i saw that i had when i was a little kid and it was a story of little buddy fufu from this woman who was like telling the story for kids and it was like she was like singing it and at the end she goes (laughs) and the moral of the story is Hair today, goon tomorrow. <laughs> and I tried to tell him, and I tried to tell my sister that, and neither of them remember that. And I was like, did I make it up? Hair today, goon tomorrow. Hair today, goon tomorrow. <laughs> Guys, if you know what I'm talking about, fucking please. I swear to God, I also had that cassette tape. Thank you. I think that Bunny Foo Foo bops field mice on the head, and then a fairy comes and turns 
him into a goon. I think so. Hair today, goon tomorrow. <laughs> Hair today, goon tomorrow. Hair today, goon tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of stuff that I talked about with Jordan while he just sat there being like, what? <laughs> we could be silent. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Jordan also, like, have... fucking backs up every insane thought we say. Like, genuinely. If there's anything insane that we say or pitch or any ideas that we're like, we're here. We've told him every idea for the podcast. And he's always like, no, do it better and weirder and go further and darker. <laughs> surrender yourself to the darkness that's jordan he's the perfect hype man if i could have one superpower after many years of consideration i have made the decision that it would be to bop people on the head and turn them into goons (laughs) turn them into goon from the movie goon no no (laughs) that's dangerous (laughs) i want to take off the shirt but i'm not wearing a bra i'll live (laughs) you'll see my nipples oh my god god forbid we've lived together for like seven years jd name seven instances in which you've seen my nipples you can't the past week not that's even all once seven. a year <laughs> okay um well that's been a nice 25 <laughs> minutes of content we missed you guys <laughs> we're all being really normal and it's great and fine i think so i'm trying to think of anything else that i can tell you about that's pertinent to the podcast I've been reading our new book club book. Guys, we do a book club with our listeners where we usually go back and forth and we each choose a book that that we read and that other people can read, right? Not a lot of people read along with us, but I do think a couple people do listen to the episodes where we recap the books and talk about how weird they are. Mm -hmm. Right now we are reading the book Mountains Made of Glass. The book Mountains Made of Glass is by Scarlett St. Clair. She writes the Touch of Darkness series and she's very famous and she's amazing. And she and Lauren are very good friends and Lauren illustrated her book and it's incredible. And it's so, there's like a bunch of weird little fairy creatures that show up. Like she has a lot of like fairy lore in it. It's all inspired by Brothers Grimm stories. So it's like right up our alley, but it's also super horny. So it's right up Scarlet St. Clair's alley. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is the horniest book I've read in a very long time. And if you know me, I'm a prude. <laughs> so I'm like reading it like. <laughs> I'm so excited. We've we've already decided that I'm the one that has to recap it because it's too raunchy for sweet I, little Janie. <laughs> genuinely, I was like, okay, I'm going to start writing my notes. And every time I try to write my notes, I start blushing and I'm like, oh my God, I can't do it. Oh my God. But I'm having a great fucking time, guys. It's weird. It's not weird because I've read Touch of Darkness. I've read a couple of Scarlet St. Clair works before mm-hmm. because Lauren loves them and she gives them to me and she says, read them and then I read them. But um, this one is just cracking me the fuck. There's like a couple of instances in there that I've laughed out loud and then I continue to giggle about them for like five minutes and then I get mad at myself because I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I hate it how she sneaks up on me and I always love everything she does. <laughs> She's so good. Anyway, uh, all this to say, that's the book we're reading right now. And I really think you guys should read it because it's going to be a really fun episode. And we're probably going to release it on our main feed this time for fun reasons. For fun. For fun reasons. Anyway, so go get it. Mountains made of glass. Wait, I just just put some information together. So I'm going to be recapping this in a public forum Mm -hmm. where people can hear me. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You're (laughs) going to have to say so many horny things. I'm going to have to say several penis words. No, she only uses one. She uses the word cock like 700 times. Whoa. Hey, That's buddy. a high giggle. Every time it comes <laughs> Every time it comes up. Every time it comes up, I'm like, ah! 
I was really bummed out last week and I started watching the first season of New Girl again. And that one episode is really good. The episode where she's like a little girl, it just flashes back to her and she sees something that vaguely looks like a penis and she goes, <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> really good. Okay. Pretty good. Anyways, also well, the song from that is really good. Zinka 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 zang. It's really good. <laughs> the one that uh, Nick is dancing yeah. to mm-hmm. while he's dancing naked in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I think it's really nice that you dance naked in front of a mirror while listening to reggae. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. Explore yourself. <laughs> pretty fun. Pretty good. Uh, okay, guys. So recommendation corner. You have to read Mountains Made of Glass with me so that I'm not the only one who's reading it. I'm also reading it. Max, how many pages have you read so far? The back cover. <laughs> Max is going to read it and recap it. It's going to happen soon. Please read it with us. It's, it's a tiny delight. little book. It's a, it's a little baby book. Well, and all of Scarlet St. Clair's books go really fast because they're just, like, even when she writes them, it goes really fast. Like, she's just like, I have an idea. It's very fun. It's very silly. It's very horny. It's inspired by Brothers Grimm. Let's go. I love it. God, it's so good. I want her life. I want her life, too. I want to steal her skin God. and become her. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Hold on. No, we're, we're circling around to something different. <laughs> <laughs> okay all that to say that's the book i'm reading uh and you should read it too if you want to follow along with me also watch new girl season one that's episode it. three yeah also oh my god we guys we haven't seen you guys in so long oh my god I it's been like a year you. we watched fall of the house of usher oh my god god it was so good i bought edgar Allan poe so that i could read edgar Allan poe yeah that might be coming up do you guys want us to do an edgar Allan poe episode because we might mm-hmm <laughs> We might. We probably will. We probably will because we're both in an Edgar Allan Poe mood right now. Yeah. I watched Fall of the House of Hedger a couple of months ago. And every time I watch a show, I'm like, Janie, you have to watch this show. And this one was one where I came back like two months later and I was like, listen. We're doing it. <laughs> After further consideration, yeah. I think that I can in an unbiased way say that you have to watch this show. <laughs> and to be honest, I really loved The Haunting of Hill House. So I mm-hmm. was like not against watching it, but like I didn't get through Bly Manor, not even because I didn't like it. It was just... I was busy, and it. I watched the first couple episodes, and then I yeah. didn't get through it. This one, yeah, that was good. That it's was good. a good fucking call. Now I have to go watch and go back and watch Bly Manor, which everyone says is amazing. Oh my god! And I believe them. It's just I got busy while I was watching it. So if Raul Coley is is listening to this, oh my god, Raul Coley, are can you can listen to me? Raul Coley, hey man, oh, hello, what's up? Do you want girlfriends? Sort of the story at gmail.com. I know you're married. Your wife is beautiful. Does she want girlfriends? I just want to talk. <laughs> Do you guys want girlfriends? Do you guys want girlfriends? <laughs> okay. And with that, Max, today is my day. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's the day of... I guess I'll just fucking leave Jenny. then. <laughs> to go first. It's my day to go first. Do you want me to tell you a tale? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, we desperately have to end this intro. We're not long intro people. I don't know. We're at minute 30 right now. <laughs> We just missed you guys. We missed you. And each other because we haven't talked in two weeks. Yeah, you look different. <laughs> yeah, so you. Wow. <laughs> the hair is interesting. Yeah, you decided not to wash yours. That's a good move. That's yeah. a brave move. It's brave. You know what? Slay queen. I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Max, I'm going to tell you a tale. Oh, uh, please do. Oh, I'm gonna. I wish you would. It's going to be a three hour long episode. I cannot <laughs> contain my excitement. Okay, let's do it. Bye. Okay, Max. Okay, Jenny. Okay, Max. I got, for Christmas, from my wonderful, beautiful, perfect sister, Savannah, I got a book called Fairy Tales Told Again, illustrated by Gustav Doré. Mm. And it is one of those special edition... Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Ooh. 
naughty. <laughs> it is one of those special edition books that is just absolutely gorgeous. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about it later. But it's a leather band book that is gold foiled on the pages. And it's just gorgeous. And the illustrations by Gustave Doré, who was a prolific illustrator in the 1800s, are beautiful. I just realized that the story that I told uh, that I chose is the only one in the book that has no illustrations, hmm. which is weird. Hmm. It's almost like I did it on purpose. But the story that I chose is called The Wonderful Story of Little Bridget. Aw. Yeah. That is a good aw. Okay. Aw. <laughs> so it starts out with the sentence, quote, Once upon a time, there lived an old woman whose only thought from morning to night was to get rich. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> her favorite thing in the world was gold, Max. Gold, gold, gold. Just looking at gold made her happy. Well, see, that's her mistake. If she wants to get rich, what she's got to do is get into crypto. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know about crypto. She's so NFTs. old. <laughs> okay. So she spent her whole life, like, scraping and pinching and saving <laughs> and thinking of ways to make money. Mm-hmm. What? Why? What? <laughs> Scraping. Her job was to scrape and pinch. <laughs> what kind of job is that? She worked for that guy from Saul. <laughs> she worked for Jigsaw. She's his uh, his pincher. No, she's the one who pinches. <laughs> That's how I taught the kids how to say the letter Q in ASL. Was I was like, okay, and two fingers down. No, like you're pinching something. So now I have like a hundred first graders who are like Q, and they just start pinching. <laughs> <I'm> like no. <laughs> Oh, you only listen to one thing I say. It's always the thing that you shouldn't listen to. <laughs> okay. So, her, uh, bah, bah, bah. she spent her whole life thinking of ways to earn money, right? Mm-hmm. And save money. She doesn't even like spending it, I don't think. She just likes to have it, like a dragon. Mm-hmm. But she never managed to save anything at all. <laughs> Which is relatable. <laughs> She's so old and has no savings. <laughs> oh. Every day I'm closer to death. <laughs> and then one day... Something very strange happened to her, Max. She got in the cash cab? <laughs> she answered every question correct. Oh, my God. Her the fucking Pillsbury Publishing or whatever the fuck. <laughs> her heart suddenly uh, fell right out of its place. Oh, where to? Honestly, no idea. It just says her heart fell out, and that was really strange. She just had no heart. Suddenly, for no reason, it was as if she didn't have a heart at all. So one morning, as she was making her bed, she suddenly felt a sharp pain in her left leg. That's where the heart is. And she said, quote, Dear me, I've got a dreadful bone in my leg. Mm-hmm. I must sit down for a while. <laughs> this bone is dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> this bone gets one star from me. <laughs> so Ooh, deeply, deeply fucked up thing to say about someone you've had sex with. <laughs> One star for this bone. <laughs> we should be able to yelp the people we have sex with. That's my invention for 2024. <laughs> I like the idea. So sometimes I measure my life in like, is it a net positive or a net negative for the world? And I don't mm-hmm. know what the net worth would be of an app that rates <laughs> sex yeah. that you've had with regular humans. Yeah. Maybe positive? I don't know. Okay, so she sat down by the fire, and as she was like, wow, that bone really fucking sucks, <laughs> suddenly she felt a twinge. Trash bone. <laughs> she felt a twinge in her arm. And she uh. said, quote, I've got a bone in my arm. I don't know if that's her quote, actually. I think I might have just written that in my notes. <laughs> There's a bone in my arm. 
Uh, she stood up to get a handkerchief to tie her arm in a sling because she was like, God, this really hurts. But as she was standing up, she felt a pain in the other leg. <laughs> like, God damn it. How, does it say how old she is? I don't know. It doesn't. I'm 29 <laughs> and I, this might be me. <laughs> this is definitely me. <laughs> I have no savings and every day my limbs hurt. <laughs> One day, I was woken up because I threw my neck out in my sleep. (laughs) And it wasn't even trash night. (laughs) And one day, on this podcast, I punched myself in the eye while taking off my bra. Not on the podcast. (laughs) That's true. I've already announced it on the podcast. (laughs) Okay. This is not that kind of podcast. Okay. So she felt a pain in her other leg. And then she could hardly walk. And so she tied her arm up in a sling while, like, talking about the bad bones in her legs. <laughs> but as she was sitting down, suddenly her back felt really stiff. And she thought to herself, I must have caught a bad cold. <laughs> <laughs> so she decided to make herself a cup of tea. <laughs> but <laughs> this woman is me. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> As she was picking up her kettle of boiling water, her fingers suddenly got really shaky, and she dropped the kettle, and the boiling water went everywhere. This is me. And she tried to save it. She was like, I gotta clean this up. But all these terrible bones. (laughs) What am I supposed to do with bones like these? (laughs) Her bones, and her legs, and her arms, and her fingers, and her back. It was all too much. Too much, Max. And she said... Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Whatever shall I do? I am afraid I'm not very well. <laughs> you think, old lady? Bad? <laughs> oh, no, I'm bad now. <laughs> Why is everything revolting at once? <laughs> I say every morning. Uh, the peasants are revolting. <laughs> They've always been revolting, but now they're rebelling. <laughs> I like the idea. I really like the idea of if you ever get, like, a cavity to tell the dentist, oh, the peasants are revolting. <laughs> I think it's funny to call your dentist. I've peasants. said that, but I haven't said that to the dentist. But I have said that to my doctor. Oh, it's so Where good. I'm like, my body is staging a revolution. <laughs> I have said that verbatim. Guys, here's your challenge for 2024. Start telling the doctor things like, ah, oh, the peasants are revolting, or my body is staging a revolution. <laughs> okay. My bones are on strike. <laughs> You're not working. Okay, so then the story. So she says, I'm I'm afraid I'm not well. <laughs> and, and the then story she says, dies. quote, now the truth of the matter was simply that she was growing very old. Oh no. <laughs> Which is rude. What's this story about? Is this all just an attack? <laughs> this is the wonderful story of little Bridget. What do you mean? <laughs> so she thought about it for a while and she made up her mind that she needed someone to help around the house. <laughs> Uh, Or a doctor? (laughs) No. So she decided to call up her dead son's widow and offered to take their oldest daughter off her hands. She was like, I need a child (laughs) to come in here and mind the house, sew, bake, and do the wash while I rest. She needs a servant, Mm -hmm. is what she needs, Mm -hmm. but she's going to get a child. (laughs) Sounds kind of like she needs, like, a mom. (laughs) She needs to be in a nursing home. Mm -hmm. So she sent a messenger to get the child. And even though her mother was sad to part with her daughter, she also had several other children at home and was, like, really poor and her husband had died and there's no such thing as, like, survivor's benefits or anything like that. So, like, she has no other option. She's forced to give up her child. But also, this woman isn't 
helping? No. Right? What an ass. Sounds like she didn't have a heart to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Okay. So she sent the girl away to take care of her grandmother. And the girl's name was Bridget. Oh, how big was she? Little. Oh. <laughs> as soon as little Bridget took off her bonnet, the old woman told her, Child, child, take the pail and the brush and scrub the floor. She just got there. So Bridget scrubbed the floor as well as she could, and she came back and said, Granny, granny, I scrubbed the floor, and it's as white as milk. What if her floor was supposed to be brown? <laughs> the old woman told her to take a cloth and clean the window. And the little girl did as she was told. And she said, Granny, Granny, I've rubbed the window. And it's as clear as water. Was I supposed to guess that? I did point at you like you were supposed to guess that. I was hoping you'd say glass. No, because it's a window, so it's already glass. Yeah, that's true. The old woman then told her to take <laughs> a brush <laughs> again and black the grate. And the little girl did it. And she said, Granny, Granny, I have blacked the stove. And it's as bright as glass. What? It I shouldn't know. be. It is. You can see your face in that stove. It sounds bad. So, like, this girl just got here. And she's been, she was just, like, doing chore after chore after chore. Like, she hasn't even said hi or changed or put her stuff away. Mm-hmm. So, then the old woman said, child, child, go to the spring and fill the kettle. And go to the field and fetch some potatoes. And peel them. And boil them for dinner. Which doesn't follow the, the rhyming scheme. So Bridget did all of this and said, Granny, Granny, I've boiled the potatoes and they're just like flour. Which like, what? yuck, Bridget, how'd you manage to do that? <laughs> like those powdered potatoes? That you you boiled get? them and now they're dry like flour. <laughs> you did it wrong. Did you powder them? Bridget's actually bad. <laughs> this is the beginning of the Idahoan instant potatoes brand. Yeah, Granny, Granny, I floured the potatoes. <laughs> The old woman sat down at the table, and she ate all of the potatoes but one. And that was for Bridget. Here <laughs> oh. go, Bridget. Thank you for doing all that work. You get one potato. This was still in the morning, by the way. <laughs> and later, when the kettle boiled and the old woman had some tea, she didn't even think about offering any to Bridget. And the story says, which was all owing to her heart having gone out of its right place. Remember, her heart fell out. <laughs> oh. I don't know what this means. The little girl cleaned the dinner out of the way, and the old woman immediately brought out a bundle of old sheets and told Bridget to, quote, cut out the bad parts and turn the sides to the middle. <laughs> hmm? Cut out the bad parts of the sheet and then turn the sides to the middle. Huh? I know. I don't know what that means either. What are, I, I feel like my understanding in this is dependent on what she defines as the bad parts. And also, like, fold the inside... I, Okay, I don't know. It kind of seems like it's, like, fold it in half so it's a double layer so that you won't see the, like, or holes that are cut out. Or fold both of the sides and meet them in the middle and then yeah, do but that. Yeah, like, but then it's, like, a double layer. And so then you won't notice that there are, like, holes in it, I Maybe. guess. But also... <laughs> Why would you do that? I don't... That's a bad sheet. No, it's, it's not going to fit your bed. Yeah. All right. Why does your sheet have so many bad parts? <laughs> okay. So Bridget worked at these sheets until it got dark. And then the old woman gave her a crust of bread and sent her to bed. When she woke up the next morning, Bridget and her grandmother were surprised to see that the ground around the cottage and nowhere else was covered in snow in like a little circle around their house. Oh. The grandmother told her, quote, that must be fairy work. And she told Bridget to go outside and see if anything had been left out in the snow. And Bridget came back after a moment and said, Granny, Granny, I found a little book. Oh, a tiny little book outside. That's cool, right? Unless it's evil. Could be evil. Could be like a evil dead Necronomicon kind of situation. And her grandmother starts to raise the dead. <laughs> the old woman grabbed the book happily, and she sang a song to herself. If I read, read, read from morning till night, I shall have gold so bright, so bright. 
what? Yeah, the book didn't tell her that. She just assumed. So she read the book all day. Is this like that thing where if you... I only have the vaguest recollection of this, and you probably remember more of it than I do. But you know that thing where if you could prove that you read a book, they would give you a pizza? (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember this? Who is they? (laughs) The pizza place. (laughs) What? I feel like it was like Pizza Hut or something. They were like, if if you can show us that you read a book, we'll give you a free pizza. How can you show you give them like Polaroids of you flipping through a book's pages? <laughs> I don't know. Do they quiz you about I don't know. The I book? never did it, but I like oh like, you I have to write like the free pizza essay? for books. Free pizza for books. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> no one in my whole life, and I was a voracious reader. No one has ever I given was too. me a pizza for Nobody's a book. Nobody's ever given me a pizza for a book. <laughs> I just found out like a like ten years ago that apparently people were out here getting pizzas for books. <laughs> Guys, should we start a charity called Pizza for Books? <laughs> Someone already did it. <laughs> they already did it. They were like, listen, if you are a child and you read a book, we will give you a pizza. That's discrimination and I want a pizza. <laughs> I could also be completely misremembering this. Any book. <laughs> yeah. They could read fucking. I mean, I guess it was up to the determination of whoever was working at the counter at the time. But <laughs> they're like, that's not a book. <laughs> Read War and Peace, you fucking baby. <laughs> no pizza until you give me a 6,000 word essay on To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> you fucking tween. <laughs> All right. They're like, oh, <laughs> sorry. So you read uh, Catcher in the Rye? Yeah. So what did you, can you tell me about what you think of the idea of being a phony? Cole Holden Cough Field fucked his sister. Is that in there? <laughs> I don't think so. I think you made that up. <laughs> I think I made that up. Guys, pass it on. Holden Caulfield fucked his sister. What a phony. <laughs> what a phony. My teacher, my uh, favorite teacher in the whole world, mm-hmm. had a challenge for us in our English class. Mm-hmm. She had two tables covered in books set up at the front. And she said, okay, so pick a book. You have to read it in this many weeks and write me a story on it or write me an essay on it or whatever. But, like, whoever does it first or whatever. Like, she had, like, a whole thing set up, right? But that was the assignment. Mm -hmm. Pick a book from either table. And she said, this table is the books more suited to girls. And this table is the book more suited to boys. And then she made direct eye contact with me. And I looked at her and I, like, literally, she was my favorite teacher in the whole world. I talked to her often to this day on Facebook and everything like that. Like, I love her so much. And... I looked at her and I was like, well, fuck you for having a boy table. And I picked up the catcher in the rye. And every day I'd come in and be like, I fucking hate this kid. And she's like, I know he's so bad. <laughs> and I was like, this whiny motherfucker. Boys are bad. And she's like, boys are really bad. <laughs> I love the idea of bait and switching like a <laughs> school age girl into reading <laughs> Catch her in the rye and finding out that men are bad by being like, you can't read these. It's for boys. And that's how you get them to find out. That honestly, that was kind of it. Also, I was starting to read the book Choke by Chuck Palahniuk. And I was like, I'm reading this book and I'm not sure. And she goes, I'm actually, I have that on my list. And she's like, I've read Fight Club. It's not for kids. And I was like, honestly, I just, I have it. And do you want to, like, I'm reading at the same time. She goes, yeah, sure. And so every once in a while we get together and we talk about how much we think that Chuck Palahniuk can go to hell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're like, he thinks he's so important. This is just, like, embarrassing how bad this book is. (laughs) And every day we'd get up, like, we would just, like, 
meet up and shit talk Chuck Palahniuk and then be like, okay, she's like, okay, uh, go to math. <laughs> I was like, I don't have to go to math. They took those out of my schedule. Because <laughs> I'm going to be an actress. Because I'm going to be an actress. <laughs> okay. Who? <laughs> I went to school in Missouri. <laughs> okay. And they were like, you don't have to know math because you're going to be an actress. That's what they literally told me. I, I That was unprompted. I know. Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> so this old woman, did you mention pizza for books for a reason and i derailed you yeah because she was like if i read this book Uh, i'll have lots of gold and i was like pizza for books (laughs) okay well here's the thing if you get pizza for books and then you take your free pizza and you sell it that's free money baby oh this old lady's gonna be so rich in pizza money (laughs) okay she says if i read 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 from morning till night i shall have gold so bright so bright so she read the book all day while bridget did a bunch of work around the house (laughs) But when night came, the old woman threw the book on the ground and yelled about how there was nothing in there about getting rich quick. And so before going to sleep, Bridget picked up the book and she hid it under her bed. She's like, well, the fairies gave us this. So (laughs) what are you doing? The next morning, the ground around the house was covered in a new layer of, like, fresh snow. And the old lady sent Bridget out to see if anything had been left by the fairies again. And the little girl came back and said, Granny, Granny, I found a needle. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. And the old woman got out some calico, and she began stitching. Cat fur? I don't know. Hmm. And she sang a little song to herself. If I stitch, 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 from morning till night, I shall shall have gold. (laughs) She's gonna bitch. (laughs) I mean, come on. I shall have gold so bright, so bright. But when night came, she threw the needle away from her and said, it was no different from any other needle. And Bridget picked up the needle and was like, okay, well, this is dangerous to just have on the floor. (laughs) And also the fairies gave this to us, so... And she put it under the bed with the book. This really feels like, you know, that gag where it's like, do this, step two, step three, profit? Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I'm gonna sew, and then I'll be a millionaire. And it's like, okay, you gotta figure out the middle steps, though. (laughs) The next morning, the ground was again covered in snow and bridget was sent out to see what she could find and she came back and said granny granny i found this pen and the old woman said if i write 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 from morning till night i shall have gold so bright so bright and bridget was like i don't know if that's true actually (laughs) Uh, history has told me that that doesn't happen and i don't know why you keep expecting that nobody promised you gold but no matter how much uh werewolf smut i assume granny wrote (laughs) she never figured out how to turn it into cold hard cash I'm assuming. Yes. I'm assuming. Yeah. That she's writing smut about Little Red Riding Hood, where mm. he like comes in and eats the grandma and then becomes the grandma, but it's Ooh. really weird sex stuff instead. Comes in and eats the grandma. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Granny, and granny. he dresses up in granny's clothes. <laughs> granny, granny, get out of here. He's <laughs> <Granny's> working. <laughs> I'm a writer, damn it. <laughs> um, she threw it to the side and then she beat the crap out of Bridget. No. <laughs> I know. Day three, she just starts beating Bridget. And she was like, how dare you bring me such trash? And Bridget's like, I didn't. I just found it. (laughs) You told me to get it. Bridget didn't say anything, but she picked up the pen and she hid it with the other things that night. So the next morning, the ground was covered again in snow. Mm -hmm. And Bridget went out and she found a beautiful white cow as gentle as a lamb. But it was a cow, (laughs) not a lamb. Oh, okay. The old woman saw it and she said... If I milk, milk, milk no. from morning to night, I shall have gold. So bright, so bright. Oh, no. She found all of the pans and pails she could find, and she milked the cow until all of them were full. Damn. That's poor, a lot of milk. That poor cow. Yeah. 
Uh, But before she could turn it into butter or cheese, the milk had soured. So she drove the cow away. And then she beat Bridget so badly until, quote, the child fell down on the floor in a fainting fit. So she knocked her out. Yeah, she beat this kid until she blacked out. Jesus Christ. Because the fairies left a cow. (laughs) Nope. No, that's the point of the story. It's fine. Go on. I to say that the old woman is bad. (laughs) Well, yeah, the old woman is bad, but also, like, there are lots of other things for for cows to do. Yeah. A cow is an immensely useful thing to have. Yeah. You want your grass cut? Get a cow. Get a cow. Or a goat. Yeah. Get a goat. Get a bunch of goats. (laughs) Get a bunch of goats. You want to start a goat farm? Yeah. I do. Uh, At this point, poor Bridget had worked so hard that her fingers were covered in sores from knocking them against the grate so many times, and she was thin and hungry from only eating one potato a day, and also her grandmother was now just regularly beating her, and she was sad all the time. Yeah. Bridget's having a hard time. Fair. I know. Honestly, this is genuinely... We have a lot of stories like this where a child gets, like, beaten, and every once in a while one shows up that I'm like, oh, the details in this are a little more than just, like, she was beaten. And yeah. This is one of them, you know. I hope this old, old woman dies uh, cold and alone. A hundred percent. So the next morning, the ground was again covered in snow, which at this point I think is, like, triggering for poor Bridget because she knows she's going to be sent out and the fairy gifts aren't going to work for her grandma. Uh, The old woman yelled at Bridget to go outside and find what the fairies had left. But Bridget at this point was so weak and sick that she could hardly walk. And she was moving so slowly that her grandmother cried, quote, If you're not going to walk quicker than that, I must go myself, you wicked, ungrateful child. But as she stood up to get out of her chair, she accidentally stepped on her gown. And she rolled over onto the floor and she whacked her head. And And cried, My bones! Oh, (laughs) my bad bones! Oh, my skull! (laughs) The child screamed when she saw this because it was very upsetting. And she ran to her grandmother's side and she did everything she could to revive her. And when the old woman came to, Bridget helped her up onto the couch and was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. That, that looked really bad. Are you OK? And then she started to, like, clean her wound. And she was, like, saying really sweet things. And she's like, it's going to be OK. You're going to be fine. It's fine. And uh, she's like, I'm really sorry that you fell. That looked like it sucked. <laughs> Bridget was being nice. The old woman recovered, and she was eventually able to sit up, and Bridget was still, like, fussing and crying over her, and the old woman was overcome with emotion, and she wondered how she could have been so unkind to such a sweet little girl, and her heart grew three sizes that day. (laughs) I don't forgive her. Just like the Grinch. No, you should forgive her now. Everything's fine now. No, I don't forgive her. No, she's good now, Max. It's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine. Hope she dies. We love her now. It's good. I hope Hope she she dies. Hope she gets rich and stuff. (laughs) Dies. Once her heart was back... Rich in amount of being dead. <laughs> Once her heart was back in its rightful place, she never said another bad thing to her granddaughter again. That night, when Bridget went to bed, she took the book out from under her bed. Wait, sorry. So she she got her heart knocked back into place? Yeah. She fell down and her heart was like, sorry. <laughs> it's like when you have, like, your shoulder is dislocated yes. and you don't know about it until it, like, relocates. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened, I guess. That night, when Bridget went to bed, she took the book out from under her bed and she began to read. There were no get-rich-quick schemes in there that she could see, (laughs) at least not at first, but there were amazing little fairy tales that were so interesting that she didn't want to put the book down, and the print was so small that the little book contained as many tales as would fit in 50 large volumes of ordinary books, Oh, which is a nightmare to me. Really? But I don't live in the, the 1800s, so... I guess back then they were like, yes, more stories. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to read a Bible <laughs> full of stuff. That's just boring. 
I don't care how good the books are. I don't want small print. Relate. I don't want to. I don't want to read the whole thing. But for specifically for this podcast, I feel like if there was a book that had like a million stories in it, that's what the Flame Tree Publishing books are. Yeah, just like flip open to a page and be like, "This one looks good." Yeah, that'd be fine. You don't have to read the whole thing straight through. I guess I want pictures. <laughs> I don't want to read a book. <laughs> I want pictures. <laughs> Janie um, wants to retell cartoons. I do want to retell cartoons. Find me on my other podcast, sort of retelling park cartoons. Parkour. (laughs) Uh, As Bridget was flipping through the pages, she came to a spot that said if whoever was reading would copy out the stories and get them printed, they would make enough money to last them a lifetime and plenty Uh to spare. This is the get rich quick scheme. So the little girl took out the pen the fairies had left and she began to copy the first story. The pen wrote so quickly that she finished enough to fill a large book in just one evening. The next day, Bridget took the book to a local shop in town, and she asked the people there to print it. And they were so delighted with this awesome story that they gave her a big bag full of gold, and they promised her another big bag full of gold if she brought any more stories like that. And that's how Bridget became Jane Austen. Oh. (laughs) I know! (laughs) Some rags to riches, for sure. (laughs) My nose, I'm so sorry. Things are coming out of you. They're leaving your body in front of me. Everyone You're can the hear only it. This is weird. Everyone can hear it. <laughs> I don't have social anxiety. <laughs> I have social anxiety. <laughs> I have a lot of anxiety. Okay. <laughs> you you have painted with all the colors of the wind with this anxiety. Is, again, I'm not putting this part in. This is the weirdest part about being in therapy two times only if she was like you have a lot of anxiety let's do one deep breathing exercise and at the end i was so calm and she looked at me like mm-hmm. <laughs> and i looked at her like can you read my mind <laughs> i got nervous <laughs> i've never told her i don't think i have anxiety but she looked at me like yeah that's what this is and i was like oh no can she read my thoughts <laughs> Does she know that I'm bad? <laughs> it's really bad. Okay. Um, ba 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 ba. So, Bridget told her grandmother the good news, and then she sat down to work with the needle. She found out that it would go off on its own and make the most beautiful patterns you've ever seen. Ooh. So she brought some. So she bought some fine muslin, and she worked away with the needle, which, no, she didn't. The needle worked away without her, apparently. Mm -hmm. When she was finished, she brought her piece to the shop, and she sold it for a bunch more gold. And they were like, hey, this is beautiful. Everyone's going to want this. Will you bring more? And she's like, sure. So soon, Bridget became famous for her fine embroidery. And that's how Coco Chanel was born. (laughs) (laughs) No? No, Coco Chanel's bad. Yeah, Bridget's a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> I forgot to tell you that. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. So people traveled from miles and miles away to buy her stuff. So uh, eventually she was able to buy a large house for her like, and her mother and her siblings to come live with her. And she let her grandmother have as much money as she wanted. Quote, and so the old woman was rich at last, <laughs> which is the true moral of the story. And I am glad to say that her heart being now in the right place, she made good use of the money and helped the poor and needy. End quote. The end. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I've got a couple. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to rattle them off for you. Okay. 
did she write down the rest of the book? I think, I don't know. That never comes up again. Never comes up again. Also, the fairies. Thank not, you to them. Maybe. Not a character. Maybe you do a thing with that. Not a character. Sure seems like that should be something that happens in that story. Also, what about the cow? Also, what about the cow? Also, that old lady should have died. The old lady genuinely should have been punished. There's no reason for her to be alive after that. It should that. have been Like, story-wise. And also, morally. Like, <laughs> a wicked stepmother. Which, sometimes the wicked stepmother learns the errors of her way, and they, like, get along from them. I don't know. That's, like... But also... But she's not, like, rewarded at the end. It's just that she's nice to the main character from now on. You know? It's not like she's nice to the main character, and she gets... Super millions of dollars. <laughs> what the fuck? Why does she get to be the main character of the story? She beats a child until she blacks out. Yeah, she like starves and beats a little girl almost to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and She's at the end, she becomes dead. a millionaire. <laughs> wow! Yeah, rags to riches. That's really weird. A couple of other thoughts. Selling cloth, great. Yeah. Not sure who she's selling it to, though, that makes her fabulously wealthy. Like, there's only so much that the wealthy people can need. Well, it does say that people start coming from, like, miles and miles away. Like, word of the stuff starts spreading and more and more people start coming to get it. Much like Coco Chanel. Mm. I just... Yeah. There's a lot of plot holes. What's the moral of this story, I guess? <laughs> okay, actually, that's a good idea. If you could, because it doesn't have an ATU type associated with this that I could find, because I did look it up, and the wonderful story of Little Bridget is not a common fairy tale. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, just like me and you deciding from what we know, is the ATU type? Because <laughs> we've heard a lot of similar stories as far as little girls like the Cinderella tale, right? Mm-hmm. Little girls who are pure and good and they work really hard and they're abused and at the end they somehow escape. What I do like about the story is she doesn't find escape from marrying anyone. She finds escape from getting super rich. Starting her own small business. <laughs> she starts her own small business. Like she's a writer at the end. Is she? She is able to copy some words, but, like, people are like, those are her stories. She becomes, like, the Louisa May, a- like, ACOT of this, like, fairy tale world. I think that's really cool. So, the thing to me is that I feel like this could have been a story of, like, she gets these gifts, she does these things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in a traditional fairy tale structure, it would be like, she gets these gifts that allow her to do these things. And then she's like, wow, I'm so talented. And then the fairies are like, take the things away. Like, no, you're not talented. We gave you gifts and you should be thankful for them. And then she's like, wow, I'm not talented. Well, like the story plot would be moved forward from the fairies' gifts and how they affect the main character. Yeah, if she was like, I wish for a way to like, you know, I I think that there would be more intentionality to it. And there would also be anything to do with like the consequences or intentions of the fairies well i think the main character i think the problem is is that the main character of this story should be bridget but for some reason it's the grandmother yeah like it opens with her she has the strange thing happen which is that one day her heart just falls out of its place but they don't care about that because the actual story is about bridget yeah and that makes it so murky that at the end of the day there's no main character and there's no lesson learned. And at the they just have a nice life after some after the grandmother does terrible things to this little girl. Yeah. And she just gets her heart back. <laughs> she doesn't do anything except for fall down. 
Yeah. It's yeah. like an anti-moral almost. The closest thing to a moral of this story or to a lesson learned or even to like a plot structure is that it's like, don't worry if you've never done anything with your life. As long as you've have had kids, they will do all the work for you. I Yeah, right? Or as long as you have access to a child, yeah. like a pure-hearted little <laughs> as girl. As long as you can get a child. <laughs> it's also a – so, okay, I'm going to go into this a little bit. Okay, so again – this story was found in Fairy Tales Told Again, illustrated by Gustav Doré. It is a special edition reprint of an 1875 collection of tales illustrated by Doré, who was like a prolific illustrator. I'm going to go into him in a bit. From Easton Press, and it was a Christmas gift from Savannah, my sister. And it's gorgeous. I'm going to let you actually hold this. It comes in like okay. a box. And Ooh. if you flip through it, you can see his like illustration style, which... I thought when I, on first glance, I was like, this is pen and ink. And actually it's all engraving. He fucking carved all of these illustrations. Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) That's insane. It is. It makes me queasy to look at them. (laughs) It's like, what is it called? Hatching? Yeah. There's a lot of hatching. Like hatching. A lot of stippling. There's a lot of. Oh my God. It's so detailed. I cannot imagine. Yeah. Um, also, I, I found out imagine. that when I say etching, I mean like a lot of his stuff is woodcut. Yeah. <laughs> like what I do. Yeah. That's what I assumed. Ah! That's fucking crazy. Well, like some etching is like copper plate etching, mm-hmm. which is a whole other animal, but at least you could be a little bit more tip. You could be a little bit more detailed with it. Like this is fucking wild. Anyway. <laughs> Gorgeous. I'll post some of these pictures, just like a few pictures from this book. Again, the story that I told was apparently the only one without illustrations. I don't know why I chose it. The illustrations on that kind of look like, if you look really closely at a dollar, like the... Yes. Yeah. It's like that level of... And that is a an etching, so... Yeah. It's like that, but like a full page-sized detailed illustration. And there's hundreds of them in this book. Yeah. So I couldn't find anything about this particular story online when I looked. But I believe it was written by Charles Perrault, Mm -hmm. uh, as the rest of these stories, this book includes Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Red Riding Hood, Puss in Boots. They're all Perrault stories. Perrault stories. Charles Perrault? Perrault? Maybe. I don't know. Every time I feel like I have this discussion with you and every time I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I wasn't allowed to take French because my mom uh, didn't trust the French. (laughs) 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 I say Perrault just because... When I say Perot, it sounds like I'm pronouncing Poirot wrong. Yeah, it does. So I say Perot. Okay. But that's just me. <laughs> Guys, go on the Discord and tell us how to speak French. <laughs> um, my one criticism of this particular book, because again, it's gorgeous, and it is a reprint of an 1875 book. So like, they did a really good job with this. Mm-hmm. But I do have a criticism of it, which is that it doesn't give any reference to the writing. It's clearly focused on the illustrations. Yeah. It's like, Gustave Doré did this. Like He was a prolific illustrator. He was so famous. And I'm like, yeah, do that. Not enough people give credit to the illustrators. But do both. Do both. They don't have anything mentioned. There's an introduction, which is a grandmother telling her story, her grandchildren stories from this book. Mm-hmm. And it's cute, but it's not an introduction to the book. I wanted an editor's note of like, hey, by the way, this is what this book it. is. Yeah. It's not. And that's weird. There's not even, there's like source notes at the back, not for the stories, but for all of the illustrations. Huh. And I think that that should be in there. 
But they should also have something for the stories because I have no idea who did this. But if I'm guessing, just based off of, you know, us doing this podcast and reading a bunch of Peraz's work and also <sighs> knowing these particular tales, I think this is Charles Perra. Yeah. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So in the introduction, uh, a grandmother calls her grandchildren to her side to read them stories from this exact book. Oh, my God. The kids won't stop asking questions and interrupting her, which is so relatable. Like, every time she tries to start, they're like, what is a story? <laughs> it's like so fucking annoying. And she keeps being like, if you'll shut up for five seconds, I'll fucking tell you the story. And they're like, okay, but, like, what if we were princes and we were fighting a rock monster and uh what if uh we were and she's like oh my god (laughs) that's exactly that's like almost exactly how it's written and she's like good lord (laughs) and they're all different ages so they're clearly like they're clear their their interruptions are age appropriate (laughs) and there's like a baby on her knee like the littlest one of all of them and she's like also (laughs) the grandmother's like Yes. And she's like, <laughs> is it weird? <laughs> it's just the cutest thing ever. Genuinely, this is the most realistic thing I've ever read. It's from 1875, and children have never changed. <laughs> so the kids won't stop asking these questions and interrupting her. So eventually the grandmother tells them all, okay, everybody, we're going to play a game. <laughs> everybody repeat after me. Hush. And it says, hush, says mama. Hush, says Master Willie. Master Willie is the oldest kid. He's eight years old. <laughs> and he thinks he's very important. <laughs> Hush, says Maddie. Hush, says Lena. Hush, says Johnny. Hush, says Mary Gracie. Hush, says little Georgie, who everyone's obsessed with. He's apparently the cutest of all of them. And Gracie literally, since the beginning of this introduction, has had her arms wrapped around his neck and is still just fucking wrapped around him like a scarf. <laughs> Hush, says Tiny Lily, the baby. And then the story <laughs> says, and. Hush, says you. <gasps> I did not. And then the story starts. Oh. It's cute. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> hey, I'm reading, like, the grandmother's reading the story. But it's the same book that you're reading right now. So everybody hush. It's like a way to get you to fucking shut up so your parents can read this to you. Like a weird fourth wall break. It is. Yeah. Wild. I think it's kind of fun. Okay, so now just a quick note about Gustave Doré. Mm-hmm. He was a French illustrator with a wild commitment to his art. So I this is from a couple different sources, but I'm just going to quote an article about him. Gustave Doré was a prolific engraver, artist, illustrator, and sculptor, working primarily as a wood and steel engraver. He produced over 100,000 sketches in his lifetime, and he lived to be 50 years old. Ha! Huh. That averages six sketches per day for each day he lived. Including when he was a baby. Every single day he was alive, he would have had to done, he would have had to do six sketches a day in order to meet that 100,000 sketch number. That's wild. By the time he died, he had also earned over $2 million. $2 million in 1875. Holy shit. Living a life of affluence. No fucking kidding. Even though he was an untrained, self-taught artist who never used a live model. And who could not sketch from nature, his work is considered some of the most important in the entire engraving art world. That's wild. I, this fucking blew my mind. Yeah. Like, this is just, what the fuck? That's crazy. At the end of his life, Gustave Doré began receiving bad reviews of his art, 
which I think is wild because if you look him up, which I included some sources for you to look up his artwork, it's the most beautiful fucking artwork you'll ever see. Like, it's so good. But people started to say that because he rarely worked in color, that he was colorblind. But I also feel like that's part of people not understanding what engraving is. Yeah. Because that was most of what he was doing was engraving and woodcut. Like, he wasn't really working in color. And he could have been colorblind, but, like, that's a weird criticism to give somebody who works in engraving. <laughs> yeah, it just... It's it's weird. It's a weird thing to say about anybody without... Especially so it, as a like negative. Like, and also, I heard that he's colorblind. <laughs> it's oh, my like, God. What a fucking what? terrible human being. <laughs> um, he also painted really negative subject subject matter, and that made it hard to display. So I think people were also like, we can't put this up in museums. He's drawing naked people. <laughs> That's know. not negative. Uh, his mother was his best friend and his roommate. Uh, and after she died, he simply lost the will to live and died at 50. Hmm. Yeah. I read that it was, like, a heart attack, but people often, like, associate that to the fact that he died right after his mom died. And he had – they called her his lifelong companion. Mm. Yeah, I know. It's not great. Yank. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, according to Wikipedia, Dore was a child art prodigy. He started at seven – he started carving at seven years old. Oh, okay. So that, like, six sketches a day is – Could have actually started as a baby. Yeah. <laughs> he illustrated famous works such as Don Quixote – the Bible, which Classic is... Classic Don Quixote. <laughs> the Bible, Peraz fairy tales, and Dante's divine comedy. Oh, I would love to see. Is he the one? Did he do the thing? I think he what might the, have. I think that might have been him. The dictionary, the infernal dictionary? I think he might have done the infernal... Do you want to go get it real quick? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to pause this. <laughs> I just went and grabbed one of my favorite books of all time, which is the infernal dictionary uh, by Colin DePlancy. I want to put pictures of this on the Instagram. It genuinely is... Maybe one of my favorite books that is in this house. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Illustrated by Louis Le Breton, unfortunately. Oh, and you know, I knew it was Le Breton. Same illustration style, though. Very similar style. Extremely similar. A little thicker lines. The line work is a little bit thicker, but also, I think, engraved, so. Yeah, and it's very much like the same, like, uh, hashing and stippling mm-hmm. kind of Good Lord. method. I'm going to put pictures of that, but guys, that's a f- it's a bunch of... It's it's the in the infernal dictionary is a basically collection or a not a list but a um encyclopedia encyclopedia of all of the demons of hell like yeah. the biblical demons of hell not like made up like the- <laughs> yeah like in like the bible the princes of hell like all of the named yes. demons yeah and Louis Le Breton engraved pictures of all of them and they're hilarious and really fucking good. And there's descriptions of all of them and what level of hell they run. And it's just like a really, it's a really cool little book. If that's something you're interested in, I'll put pictures of it on the Discord and in the Instagram. Yeah, mostly the, I mean, the greater, I, it, there's no way to say that I own this book without being like, oh, I'm into Satan. I'm not. Um, no. He's fine. But again, like. Again, it's the same thing of when we, when we say negative things about Christianity, it's not Christians. It's not anything about the belief system. It's about the religious institutions that affect storytelling mm-hmm. and affect our job then yeah. <laughs> when we try to do historical deep dives. And also sometimes that affect our lives. Yeah. Um. And, and that actively affect the world yeah. as we know it. But the Infernal Dictionary, the really cool thing about this book is that it's fucking wild. <laughs> like the illustrations are so cool and fun and all of the descriptions of the princes of hell are so weird and specific. It, they're kind of like Pokemon cards. Yes. For yeah. the princes of hell. It's, it's really it's good. Great. It's really good. It is good. On one of my lives one time I did 
a um, basically like you know when you're doing tarot readings and you like pull a card to see mm-hmm. what people's things are. I was just like, who wants me to do it? And I would just flip randomly to a page and be like, this is your guy today. <laughs> it was really good. I like Malthus. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> it's alphabetical also. Yeah. Makes it easy to find him. Max has little tabbies on them. Malthus is a little crow guy and he's wearing little britches and he's holding a spade. <laughs> yeah, it's a crow with like he stands upright like a person, so he's got wings and also arms, and he's holding a spade or a spatula, and also he's wearing little pants. Yeah. And I think that's really <laughs> He's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Good for you, Malthus. <laughs> so the fact that he did all of these wood engra- engravings for everything, like, he illustrated the entire Divine Comedy, you know? Like, Wild. It makes me want to throw up. That's so cool, and it seems so impossible. There's 100,000. Is it? That also just says 100,000 sketches. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that includes all of his finished engraving pieces yeah he also has a lot of like oil painting stuff and sculptures like he was a sculptor as well oh my god so i want to throw up thinking about it uh it also feels important to mention though okay because i was going through the wikipedia and there was a tiny note that says that he got a lot of criticism for illustrating the legend of the wandering jew by pierre jean de beringer which quote propagated long-standing anti-semitic views of the time which at this point I'm like, never meet your heroes. They all end up being anti-Semitic for some reason. Yeah, or like, like they all have weird... They're yeah. all terrible. Good Lord. So just that feels important to mention as well. I'm not glossing mm-hmm. over that. Yeah. Uh, overall, though, this book that I have, Fairy Tales Told Again, it's beautiful. I'm obsessed with looking at it and holding it in my hand. It's the fanciest thing I owned. And uh, thank you, Savannah. That was good. <laughs> and I liked the story. And that's it. The end. Wow. Yeah. Fun. Fun. <laughs> like it. Love it. Gotta, Gotta have, have it. it. <laughs> Max, do you want to tell me a story? I do. Do you want to take a quick break I first? I do. Desperately. Okay. Oh, my God. We'll be back after a wee little break. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Wow. <laughs> tell us more about that. I'm going to take a wee little break. <laughs> a wee little break. Okay. We'll be back soon. Bye. Love you. Okay, Janie. Okay, Max. Janie, okay. I got a story for you today. Good. So you remember how the podcast works. (laughs) Woo! Finally. Uh, I got a book that you saw that I have, and we're both excited about it. When the Chenu Howls, Native American Tales of Terror by Joseph and James Bruchak. Oh, we love Joseph and James Bruchak. We do. We love them. Father and son, and the son is uh, hot. A little bit hot, yeah. <laughs> the son is really He's hot. pretty hot. Oh, my God. And beyond that, they're fantastic storytellers, yeah. and we love the stories that they tell. And they're Native American, and that's important as well. Yeah, I believe that they're Abenaki. Yes, they are Abenaki. Fantastic. And they tell stories in such a cool way. Um, I was looking up the other books that they have written, and they have written everything from, like, children's books up to novels mm-hmm. based in, like, Native American folklore, in Abenaki specifically, and the what is called the United States, like the northeastern U.S. So this is When the Chenu Howls, Native American Tales of Terror by Joseph and James Bruchak, um, who are both Abenaki. This story is called Kiwakwi. Kiwakwi. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And I'm going to show you the illustration later. And this whole book, When the Chenu Howls, is so fucking... Honestly, so I've been really on a tear with the um, Short and Shivery books, and this is very similar. It is specifically native stories, and they are told in such a 
concise and elegant and evocative way that makes them perfect for storytelling for anybody who likes stories. Yes. Like, they are told so thoughtfully and by such experienced storytellers that it's like you're not reading anything at all. It's like you're in it. Go buy The Girl Who Stole Thunder by James and Joseph Bruchak. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, this whole book is incredible. I read like six stories finding this story mm-hmm. and I could have done any of them. Yes. Um, and I wanted to do this one. But they're all so fucking good and they're all so fucking scary. <laughs> but these are like especially perfect for like they are accessible to middle grade readers. Yeah. But also as an adult, I was like, this is fascinating and yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great. Highly, highly recommend. I also had a terrible time trying to get this book. I've bought this book three times. Um, (laughs) The first time the person didn't ship it for two months. And so I canceled my order. This was all on eBay because you can't find it like first press or like published anywhere in like bookstores, which is wild because it's amazing. And I don't know why it's not in print anymore. Um, But I've bought it on eBay three times. The first time they just didn't ship it for two months and I forgot about it. And then I was like, oh, they haven't actually shipped that and I never saw it. So I'm going to cancel that. Then I bought it again and they were like, oops, accidentally we, it's out of stock and we don't have it anymore. And I was like, (laughs) okay. And then I found another copy finally uh, and got this one. But so this is a weirdly hard book to find, but it is absolutely fucking worth it. And I'm so thrilled that I finally have it because it's so good. That's really exciting. I also fucking realized that I love Chinoo stories. Oh my God. This is not so. This is not exclusively Chinu stories. Yeah, but they usually for their collections is they'll pick one story that has an interesting title and then they'll make that their like figurehead and then it'll be full of other types of stories. Yeah. So like when the Chenu howls is supposed, it's kind of like the dark thirty in terms of like when the Chenu howls is like the scary time Ooh, kind of. Yeah. Um, but there's the stone giant, the flying head, and ugly face. Which I read all of these before I read this story, and they're all fucking incredible. So Ugly face. <laughs> oh my god, ugly face is great. I'll probably tell it at some point, but... <laughs> yeah, next time, please. <laughs> next time, maybe. Uh, it's a really good campfire story. Okay. Um, but the story that I'm telling today is called Kiwakli. Okay. I'm so stupid. You said it, and I was like, I've heard that before. <laughs> At the beginning of you talking. That's yeah, what I earlier. heard it. I was like, I <laughs> moments recognized ago. that word. It was from moments ago. <laughs> And this has one of the coolest first sentences of the stories that I've read, honestly. (laughs) Usually that's your thing, but I'm going to read the first sentence of this story. Long ago, a boy lived alone in a cave in the forest with someone who said that she was his older sister. Oh. Right? Terrifying. Yeah. Was she actually his mother? No. It's like a Ted Bundy thing? No. Ted Bundy thought for the longest time that his grandmother was his mother and his mother was his older sister. It's real. Yeah. 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 That's not this, though. No, not this. Oh, God. Unfortunate. <laughs> uh, Even though, you know, that <laughs> did raise Ted Bundy, so who knows? Uh, probably for the best, then, that we don't do that anywhere else. <laughs> so long ago, a boy lived in this cave alone except for one other person who she told him that she was his older sister. Yeah. Um, and he called her older sister. That's, like, her name the, yeah. in this story. Capitalized older sister. Yes. He's never actually seen older sister's face. Oh, no. She always sits facing away from him, and she has all of her hair combed over her face. So even if he, like, catches, a like, a glimpse of the front of her face, it's just a mass of tangled hair. So he can never actually see the features on her face. Oh, my God. Fucking terrifying. Oh, my God. That's Fucking the scariest terrifying. thing I've ever heard. Okay, wait. I'm actually going to show you the illustration now because it's... Because I'm so horrified, I can't, like, oh, no. It's so scary. It's, like, 
kind of like withered bony hands and a really thin wrist and it's a figure who has hair all in front of their face and like two white pinpoint eyes shining through it and there's bones all around in front of them and they're holding a stick and there's a little boy behind her holding the other end of the stick and the boy is looking at her side-eyed like he's like trying to look at her face it's all stippling and yeah, it's really upsetting. The first time that I looked at this picture, I thought, if you look at it from a distance, it kind of looks like a person sitting and wearing, like, a fur cape. It does. A little bit. But it's a person. And it wasn't until after I, I read the story that I realized that that's a person. And it's just, like, her long, shaggy hair combed in front of her face. It's so scary. There's, like, a white blob above her head. And at first I was like, that looks like a speech bubble. But uh-huh. if you look at it from far away... It kind of looks like a stupid little ghost with two eyes and a little mouth. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) Guys, you have to actually look at this picture to understand what we're saying, but uh, it's scary. (laughs) I think that's supposed to be the entrance to the cave. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but this this is so fucking scary. Yeah. I love it. It, Within the first sentence, this is one of the scariest stories that I've read. Yeah, this is terrifying. I don't like it. (laughs) Long ago, a boy lived alone in a cave in the forest with someone who said that she was his older sister. Whew. Mama Mia. I've never seen the movie Mother, but this is also what I imagine the movie Mother is like. Uh, it's not. The what? mother is not the bad guy in that movie. Weird. Okay, yeah. I don't want to hear any more. It's a terrifying and bad movie. If you like things that are shocking and unpleasant, then you might like it. Like <laughs> Ari Aster? Yeah, it's very Ari Aster. Okay. Yeah. I worked in a movie theater that would screen it, and there's one moment that is a sound that is the most viscerally upsetting thing that you can imagine. I kind of want to watch it. No, you don't. I'll tell you about it later. But okay. it's the sound is the most viscerally upsetting thing that you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And having to be in the movie theater and hear that sound and also watch other people hearing that sound. <laughs> horrifying. Like, so bad. So she always sits with her back to him. She has all of this, like, tangled mess of hair pulled in front of her face so that he can't actually see her face. Good lord. And older sister never leaves the cave. She stays in the cave, and it's his job to go out and get them food. Because mm-hmm. um, she doesn't provide anything for him besides um, when his moccasins wear out, He she makes him new ones. Okay. That's the only thing she does, but she doesn't give him food. She doesn't give him water. Nothing like that. He has to basically take care of himself and her. So... She stays in the cave. He goes out and he is a he is a very talented trapper. Yeah. And so he goes out and like traps small animals and brings them back. When he brings this like whatever he's been able to catch back, he divides it into two piles and whichever one is the bigger pile, older sister takes and mm-hmm. then he gets the smaller pile and he will cook and eat, you know, whatever small animals, birds and things like that that he's been able to trap. Um, and she will sit silently facing away from him in the cave. Oh, my God. While he eats. And he thinks this is normal. He didn't know any better. <laughs> he thinks this is normal. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Horrifying. It's so this scary. This fucked me up. It yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> I'm fucked up just by hearing this opening part. Yeah. I don't want to hear the rest. Go ahead. Um, so he cooks and eats his dinner alone. And she leaves her pile untouched until he's finished eating. And then she tells him to go to bed. And he goes and lays down in a pile of deer skins and um, she tells him that he has to be sure when he goes to sleep to cover his whole self up with deer skin so that he can't see anything. Because if any part of him is exposed, then the fire could create sparks. The fire that they leave in the cave all night Mm -hmm. 
could create sparks that could like land on him and burn him. And she's like, so just make sure that you're completely covered every night when you sleep. That's what my mom used to tell me too. Like, make sure you're covered head to toe with no little piece of you peeking out. Otherwise you'll burn to death in your bed. Did she? All the time. <laughs> my mom did used to sing did me to sleep. Did she? Okay. Okay. Actually, that is fair that you're wondering about the joke. Because my mom did used to sing me to sleep with the Lizzie Borden had an axe. <laughs> we used to like beg her for it. Again. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. (laughs) So she's like, you have to completely cover yourself and you have to stay covered all night or else you're going to burn to death. Classic moms. I know that. No, she's his older sister. Don't worry about it. Classic. She's not Ted Bundy's mom. She's not his mom. So every night he has to completely cover himself with the deer skins and then uh, she eats after he goes to sleep. (laughs) So he never sees it. Oh my God. The boy's name is Little Weasel. Little Weasel. Little Weasel and older sister. Okay. Little Weasel is a very skilled tracker. Um, So he's always able to find food for himself and for older sister. Every morning when he wakes up and he like uncovers himself from this pile of deer skins, older sister, still with her back to him, holds out her hand behind her and is like, give me your arm. And he puts his arm in her hand and she squeezes his arm and tests to see how fat it is. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. And every day she says, ah, not yet fat enough. Little weasel. (laughs) You got to get out of there, buddy. (laughs) But also, I'm sorry, if I can give a note to older sister. Give him the bigger pile of food. I know. Like, this is also my thought is I'm like, if you're waiting for him to get fatter, stop eating you're eating the, the majority of share, the but yeah. like he's a little boy. Like, give him more food. He's a little boy. He's a growing boy. Oh <laughs> you're gonna give him more food. Little, older sister, you need to start doing more to fatten him up. Yeah, I mean, like if you're gonna do it, then commit. Commit. Make him a cake. This is the year of the girl. You can do this, girl. What? <laughs> I decided it's the year of the girl. <laughs> we get one year. <laughs> no, it already passed. This is the year that she's in. Is oh, okay. <laughs> we get no more years. That's fair. <laughs> We had our year. It's all downhill from here. We had our year and the Chinu wasted it. <laughs> Again, not a Chinu. <laughs> Little Weasel um, at a certain point decides he's like, I don't like that she like grabs my arm and says, ah, not fat enough. And then licks her lips really loudly. <laughs> I have a lot of body issues for being too thin for older sister. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's like, I actually don't like that. So he sneaks a stick into his bed. And when she asks him in the morning, she like puts her arm out behind her and she's like, give me your arm. And he um, takes the stick and he puts it in her hand instead. So she like feels the stick and she's like, oh, much too bony. Ugh, skinny. Blech. What a dreadful bone. Uh, ah, so thin and bony. Not yet fat enough, she says. <laughs> ah, 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 skinny. <laughs> Classic older sister. I like her. <laughs> Back on her side. <laughs> Don't. Um, one day, little weasel is out. He goes out and checks all of his traps, um, as he does every day. And he comes to one of his traps, and there is a rabbit caught inside of the trap. But it's only caught by its foot. Oh. And so it's still alive. And he comes up and he is like, oh, whoops, you're still alive. <laughs> and the rabbit's like, hey, I'm good. I'm like, fine. If you let me go, I will tell you something that you need to know. 
<laughs> it's weird. It's weird that your sister grabbed your arm. <laughs> I got to tell you something about older sister. She not right, man. <laughs> Something's wrong with older sister. Um, but the rabbit is like, if you let me go, I will tell you something that you need to know. And so little weasel lets the rabbit out. And he's like, okay, what do I need to know? And the rabbit says, the one who calls herself your older sister is not really your relative. Oh my god, you guys aren't related. You don't look anything alike. <laughs> You're a human boy, and she's just a pile of hair over glowing white circle eyes. <laughs> <laughs> she stole you from your grandfather when you were a baby. I know you are his grandson, for you have one dark eye and one light eye, oh, just as he does. got heterochromia? Yeah. Oh my god, he is the chosen one. He and his grandpa are the chosen ones. Is grandpa hot? His grandpa's kind of hot. Right? It sounds hot. Yeah. From, from him being an adult with two different colored eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Watch her when she eats tonight and you will see. Is what the <sighs> rabbit says. Two oh my little god. Weasel. Little Weasel's about to see something horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. I really like also reading this story. From the beginning you're like, oh, this is fucked up. And it doesn't make it any less scary. It's not like, nope. oh, the scariness is that it's a surprise. It's like, oh no, the scariness is that he doesn't know that it's fucked up. Uh, and he's in a bad situation oh my god <laughs> it doesn't make it any less scary that from moment one you're like something's wrong with older sister <laughs> it's so scary that she's raised a child waiting for him to get fat enough for her to eat presumably okay i mean ahead. we can't put words into her okay. mouth or a child i would never for try that to put a child in her mouth <laughs> <laughs> okay so Little Weasel lets the rabbit go. He takes up all the traps for the day. Um, he goes back to the cave and he splits up the food and he eats his dinner. Um, he like cooks all of his... Um... Is that what his, the rabbit told him? The rabbit told him his sister was not his sister? Yeah. Okay, good. That's what the rabbit told him. Good. Uh, your sister's not your sister. I can tell that you are... She oh, stole you okay. from your yeah. grandfather. Uh, I can tell that you're his grandson because you both have one dark eye and one light eye. Watch her while she eats tonight and you will see. Okay. This is what the rabbit tells him. So Little Weasel cooks and eats his dinner, and then he's like, Woo, woo, gotta go to bed, super tired. And he curls up in his pile of skins, and he takes a little knife, and he pokes a hole in one of the deer skins, and he, like, puts his eye right up against it so that it looks like he's completely covered, but he can still see what's happening in the cave. Um, and he waits a couple of minutes, and older sister kind of like again with like hair over her face so he can't actually see anything she kind of like glances over at him a couple of times and he like evens his breathing so that it looks like he's sleeping and everything mm -hmm. and finally she like gets up and walks towards him oh my god and she says skinny little brother are you asleep yet and he just continues breathing very evenly and doesn't respond and he's like watching her from inside of his uh bed and then she says, skinny little brother, if you're not asleep, if there's any part of you out of the blanket, you're going to get burned. And then she pokes the fire and sparks fly up out of the fire. And one spark comes straight oh, no. and lands on the skin and passes through the tiny hole that he's made and lands on his face and burns him. And he is completely silent. He doesn't move. He doesn't react. And older sister just watches this pile of furs and is like, all right, well, I guess he's asleep. And then she goes over to the larger pile of small woodland creatures that he's brought in. Mm -hmm. And she begins to eat them whole. Mm -hmm. Fur, skin, bones, 
everything just eats them whole and he sees as she does she pushes her hair away from her face Mm -hmm. and so he's able to see through like all of the blood and viscera this face that has been hidden under her hair for as long as he remembers and she has huge round red eyes and a mouth that is so wide that it splits her face (laughs) and she has teeth too many teeth all very very sharp going all the way back and she just rips into these full animals without doing anything to prepare them or anything and he just watches her do this and she quickly reduces this large pile of meat to nothing Mm -hmm. i mean literally nothing because she eats the bones and everything literally nothing (laughs) whoops uh and it's horrifying yeah that's not great and then he watches her go over to her corner of the cave and she curls up and she goes to sleep oh no, she doesn't. I lied. Okay, no, she doesn't. So there's literally nothing left because um, she eats all the bones and everything. Yes. And um, she looks over at him as she's sort of finishing up her meal. And she looks at him for a minute and she just sort of ponders. And he watches this creature that's like not quite human just stare at the lump of blankets where he is. And oh he's my like, God. she knows that I'm awake. And he tries to keep his breathing even and everything. And she, as she just like stares directly at him and she stares for a while and then she says to herself he is still bony and thin but i will not waste any more time fattening him up i will eat him tomorrow night and then she curls up in her little corner of the cave and goes to sleep um okay so here's the thing she is full having this thought (laughs) yeah like, this is not a desperation, like, I'm feeling snacky. No. Like, she is full and thinking evenly and clearly. Yes. Terrifying. Horrifying. She's so scary. And she still has this, like, matted curtain of hair that's just, like... I can't. Ugh. I can't. It's so scary. She's so scary. <laughs> She's the scariest thing that has ever been. She. I'm so scared of older sister. <laughs> yeah, older sister is very scary. <laughs> the name older sister is very scary. It's very, like... The the way that it reads to me is very, like, Coraline, kind of, like, like yes. other mother, sort of. Yes, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Very spooky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very love it. No, thank you. <laughs> very, very good horror shit. The next morning, Little Weasel wakes up, and he, like, you know, pushes the, the furs back and, like, stretches, and he's like, oh, good morning. Mm-hmm. And older sister is, like, awake and facing away from him. And she's like, oh, good morning. And she doesn't ask to feel his arm. And he's like, okay, so there's my proof that she's (laughs) going to eat me. Going to eat me today. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, And he's like, so I'm going to – what's probably going to happen is she's going to wait for me to go out and collect the traps. And then once she has these piles of food, she's going to eat me. That's the smart thing to do, right? Yeah. So he's like, so once I go out, like, if I come back, I am getting eaten. I can't come back. Yeah. So he goes to older sister and he says, older sister, (laughs) my moccasins are very old. I've had them for a very long time. And I was walking through the forest yesterday and they're worn through and I cannot wear them anymore. Um, So if you want me to go out and check the traps today, I need a new pair of moccasins. Mm -hmm. And she grumbles mm-hmm. but like she's like all right fine um and so she sits like facing her corner of the cave and she like stitches up a pair of moccasins for him mm-hmm. and then tosses them over her shoulder at him oh my god and he says she says here these will last for as long as you need them oh they are made of paper 
These are our little hospital socks. Yeah. <laughs> They're the little booties that you put on over your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, thank you so much, older sister. And he goes out um, as though he's going to go collect the traps. And he gets outside of the cave and he gets a little ways away. So he's just out of sight of the cave entrance. And the rabbit that he released mm-hmm. is waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And the rabbit's like, okay, good. So you like know what's up. And <laughs> you know that you need to get the fuck out, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the rabbit tells him that rather than taking his path that he usually takes to like check all of his traps and go through the forest and everything, he's like, you need to go the opposite direction. I want you to follow where the sunrise is. Mm-hmm. You go that direction and you will find your grandfather. He's waiting for you. Oh. Um, so he's like, whatever you do, just keep running and go towards the sunrise. Yeah. So little weasel <laughs> takes off towards the sunrise, which is the opposite direction of where he usually goes to collect his traps. Meanwhile, older sister, now that she's alone in the cave, kind of like stretches and Uh takes a second. And then she pokes her head out of the cave and she sees him going in the other direction. Oh, no. And she's like, why would he go in the other direction? What does he think he's doing? And then like a twinkling of suspicion lights in her mind. And she goes over to the furs where he was sleeping and she throws them back and she sees a stick in Uh the bed (laughs) and she like grabs it and she's like oh okay so he was lying to me and as she throws the blankets back she sees this tiny little hole that's been poked out of the blanket and she's like okay so he's running away like he knows what's going on Mm -hmm. and she immediately and she put in all these years of work yeah she raised him Mm -hmm. yeah poorly (laughs) i mean he seems like a nice guy yeah but that's because he's a nice i mean (laughs) this is a case of nature versus nurture where i'm like the nurture no component did not help yeah Um, but so she like she immediately races full sprint oh no out of the cave just tears after him Mm -hmm. um and he's a little ways ahead at this point Mm -hmm. right um and as he is running through the forest he hears behind him a blood-curdling howl the howl of a creature that he recognizes as he recognized the night before which is uh the title of the story the kiwakwi the kiwakwi. Yes. Do you think that's the sound of his howl? Hmm? Do you think that's the sound that she makes? No. Okay. Um, but this creature's called a kiwakwi. He recognized it when he saw her the night before, um, and he recognizes the howl as well. A kiwakwi is the Abenaki sort of parallel of a chinu or okay. the Wendigo, or <laughs> there are like a handful of other names that are used for it. Um, chinu in Micmac, uh, Ashinabi Wendigo, the... Watiku in Cree and the Stonecoats in Iroquois. Mm. Um, this series of like creatures that are specifically like human eaters, um, human ish yeah, can- cannibals. Yeah, cannibals. Yeah, cannibals like human like creatures who are human eaters who became not quite human as a result of yeah the things that they've done. So he hears this howl behind him and he knows what it is and he knows that older sister knows that he's gone. <laughs> um, and so he, as he's running through the forest, he comes to a hill and he starts to climb up it. And he sees actually that there's this little burrow at the base of the hill and he sees something moving inside. And so he kind of like backs up for a second and he sees inside of this like hole in the, in the hill um, that there is this huge, very old porcupine <laughs> in a little hole. And he goes up to the porcupine and he says... My elder, your quills are very clean and beautiful. Yeah, they are. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Good job. Um, 
And the porcupine says, thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what a nice young man. They are. <laughs> I'm not accustomed to such kindness from the younger generation. And thank you so much. You're such a sweet young boy. What a nice boy. Mm-hmm. You should meet my granddaughter. You want me to stab someone for you? <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> this porcupine. <laughs> and little weasel says, I'm, I'm being chased by the thing that you hear behind me. Can I hide in your cave behind you? And uh, the porcupine is like, yes, you absolutely can. And the porcupine moves out of the way so that little weasel can squeeze into the cave behind him. And the porcupine shifts back into the opening of the cave and waits. Mm -hmm. Older sister comes barreling into the meadow and she sees the porcupine and she snarls at it. And she says... Where is the one I'm going to eat? Which is fucking terrifying. Very scary. And the porcupine says, follow-up question to you, Hmm. counterpoint, how do you like my quills? (laughs) Do you think they're pretty? I heard recently that they're nice, actually. (laughs) So what do you think? (laughs) I'm looking for a second opinion to confirm what I already know. (laughs) (laughs) And older sister says, they're dirty and ugly. (laughs) Rude and untrue. And untrue. And Porcupine says, oh, okay, well, that's fucking rude. But in answer to your question, I guess, uh, the person that you wanted to eat is behind me in this cave. So you just have to get in here and get him. (laughs) Which, like, Porcupine. (laughs) Porcupine? Fucking badass. But also, like, don't tell her. (laughs) You could have said, like, he went that way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I like that. Um, and so she is like, all right, great. And she like pushes Porcupine out of the way and tries to crawl into the tunnel and Porcupine stabs her to death with his quills. Whoa, what? Stabs her to death? Stabs her to death this with is his quills? The, I thought for sure that we would have to see him hide behind like three different animals before she died. <laughs> no, she's dead now? She died. Yes. Holy fuck, Porcupine, that's badass. Porcupine's badass. <laughs> and <laughs> Porcupine stabs her to death with his quills and then comes out of the cave and is like, all right, little weasel, come on out. And little weasel comes out. And porcupine says, I have killed her, but she will come back. Oh, okay. She has multiple lives, apparently. (laughs) Like a cat that eats you. Like a cat that eats you. Um, She will come back to life again. So you have to keep running towards the sunrise and go find your grandfather. Yeah. Because all the animals in the forest know his grandpa, apparently. That's nice. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. So Little Weasel thanks the porcupine, and he keeps running towards the sunrise. Um, he gets a little ways, and then behind him he hears, a again, a blood-curdling howl, oh, and fuck. he knows she that... she regenerates in the same day? Oh, yeah. It's not good. Very quickly. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. And he hears the howl and the crashing of branches behind him, and he knows that he she is once again on his tail. Yeah. Um, and he keeps running and running and running, and finally he gets to this wide rapid river that is just like there are points where he can see that there are rocks close to the surface and there are points where he knows that it is so deep that if you drowned they wouldn't find you in this river it's like torrential river and it's so wide that he has no hope of like safely crossing Mm -hmm. but he sees that there's a heron sitting on the riverbank and he runs up and he like screeches to a stall in front of the heron to his stop in front of the heron and he says um my elder your legs are very long and beautiful. <laughs> hey, girl, look at those gams. Goddamn. Stems, baby. <laughs> Stem for days. You ever modeled? Can I ride on your back? 
<laughs> Super quick question. <laughs> and the heron says, oh my god, thank you. I've never gotten such a nice compliment from a young man such as you. <laughs> um, and <laughs> Little Weasel says, um, quick question though. Is there any way to get across this river? And the heron is like, well, let me show you what these legs can do. Oh, no. And the heron stretches its leg all the way across the river and is like, you can go across now. And Little Weasel's like, thank you so much, heron. And then he climbs up on heron's leg and crosses the river. Yeah. Um, and he gets to the other side and heron pulls its, his leg back. And just as he does so, older sister comes crashing out of the forest into this, like, forested area. Mm-hmm. Or into this, uh, like, river bank. And she's like, where is the one I'm going to eat? And the heron is like... <laughs> he points it like, he went that way. <laughs> he points his little pointed toe. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> it goes over his head <laughs> Hello, and across. sailor. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about these? <laughs> um, heron is sassier than porcupine. <laughs> Heron is like, how do you like my legs? Says to older sister. <laughs> what do you think about these? <laughs> how do you like these gay arms? <laughs> I've never skipped leg day a day in my life. It's just that scene from The Graduate, but it's a heron's leg and a monster that eats people. <laughs> and it's like, oh, hello. <laughs> I didn't see you there. <laughs> oh, great. Good. Uh, heron says, how do you like my legs? And older sister says, they are short and ugly. <laughs> Okay. Older sister, fuck you. Play the game. <laughs> Come on. Not even a little. She's like, I have business to attend to, you fucking short freak. <laughs> and the heron's like, okay, well, rude. <laughs> He's across the river. You'll be able to get to him if you use my leg as a bridge. And then heron stretches his leg across to the other side of the river, <laughs> where little weasel is still standing there, I guess. Little Weasel, run! Little Weasel, run! (laughs) An older sister climbs up on his leg and is like, okay, great, thanks, and, like, starts to cross. She gets about halfway across, and then Heron drops his leg, (laughs) and she falls into the water and drowns. Yeah! And once older sister is drowned in the river, Heron calls across to um, Little Weasel and says, she's going to come back to life, so you gotta run. Yeah! Run for the sunrise to your grandfather. Why haven't you run already? (laughs) (laughs) So Little Weasel continues running, and he's running, and he's running, and once again, he hears this howling sound behind him, and he knows that older sister has been reborn uh, from (laughs) the river or whatever. Yeah. He hears her crashing through the forest behind him, and he doesn't see anything for the longest time. It is just forest, and he starts to hear her gaining on him. Oh, no. Um, And he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) This is how I go. And finally, he is running, and he turns to look behind him, and he turns back forward, and he bursts out of the forest into this wide, bright meadow. Mm-hmm. And all of the trees stop. There's a big, beautiful wigwam in the center of the meadow that has, like, a curl of warm blue smoke coming out of it. And uh, he can hear close by the sound of the ocean. Um, And so he bursts out of the forest into this, like, peaceful glade, kind of. And next to this huge wigwam, he sees a very old man with white hair who has two feathers on his head. Yeah. And he has one dark eye and one light eye. 
Hot. And he knows that this is his grandfather. Hello. Can I hide behind you? <laughs> <laughs> and also, his grandfather has a tiny little dog. <laughs> oh! And as soon as Little Weasel bursts into the meadow, this tiny little de- dog starts yapping. This kind of tiny little dead dog. No, this tiny little alive dog. Okay, good. This tiny little dog starts yapping and wagging its tail, and it runs up to him and just starts, like, trying to jump on him. And he's Yay! like, hey, buddy! <laughs> good boy! Good boy! And Grandfather, like, stands up from where he's sitting, and he says, Little Weasel, welcome home. You finally found your way back. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to see you. He's like, hi, can I hide behind <laughs> you? <laughs> um, and Little I'm Weasel... traumatized. And immediately, as soon as he sees him, Little Weasel knows that this is his family, and this is where he's safe. Okay, do you think that Little Weasel sees him and is like, oh, that's what people are supposed to look like? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and then he sees a person who has, like two eyes that look the same as each other and he's like "Mm, don't trust it (laughs) nope (laughs) Mm, not sure about that never trusting anyone again nope um little weasel is like grandpa it's really good to see you too i'm really glad you're here and immediately is just like feels safe and feels at home yeah but behind him older sister breaks through the tree line Mm -hmm. and she sees this older man and old man, grandfather. Yes. And little weasel and this tiny dog standing in the meadow and not even running away from her. Mm-hmm. And she spreads a bloody toothy grin. Ew. Ew. And just sort of laughs to herself. And she says, now I've caught you. I will eat you and the old man too. Not the dog though. I'll be too full. <laughs> I mean too full. That's for dessert. <laughs> I have an extra little pocket for dessert. So even if I'm full from dinner, I still get to have dessert. (laughs) (laughs) Good for her. (laughs) Did you ever use that excuse when you were a kid? No. What does that even mean? When I was a kid, I was like, I have like a cow. I have multiple stomachs. I have my dinner stomach and that's full. So I can't eat any more dinner. I'm done with dinner. (laughs) But I have a little dessert stomach and that is empty and so hungry and I need dessert. (laughs) Max, no one's ever thought that, actually. Really? That's just a you thing. (laughs) Is it really? That's such a little kid Max thing to say. (laughs) I was mostly like, I'm so happy to be eating food. Thank you. All right. (laughs) All of it. Thank you. The weird stuff, too. Give me the caviar and the clams. (laughs) Great. I was a picky eater as a kid. Not me. Not me. Anything you put in front of me, I was like, more of this. Thank you. I was a fucking Filipino kid. Filipinos loved me. I was a very picky eater as a kid. I hated food, but I loved dessert. But my favorite food was broccoli. I don't know. It's weird. I didn't like broccoli. I loved broccoli. I liked. I tried out for Peter Pan and they were like, you can be one of the Lost Boys. But then the audition line was, darn those vegetables. And I couldn't say it because God would know that I was lying because I loved vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Max. Oh, little Max. I loved vegetables. If I said, darn those vegetables, what if he actually did? And then I never had any more broccoli. Darn them. And then there's just a bunch of broccoli in hell. (laughs) Probably already is, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) So that's just a, honestly, a very informative glimpse into who I was as a child. That's That's a lot of stuff. Two facts. That's pretty good. say a lot about what kind of kid I was. That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (sighs) Okay. So older sister says, now I've caught you. I will eat you and the old man too. And grandfather stands up from where he's sitting. And he says, well, first you must eat. No. My fist. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta eat my ass. (laughs) And he punches her to death. (laughs) Grandfather says, well, first you must meet my dog. 
Little Dog, which is the dog's name. Little cool. Dog. That's a good name for a dog. Little Dog, go and meet this one who wants to eat us. <laughs> and Little Dog stands up. And reaches out his little paw as a hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, he jumps up. He jumps off of Little Weasel's lap where he's made himself completely <laughs> at home. And he runs across the meadow, just barely visible above the grass. <laughs> <laughs> like hopping above tall yes. weeds. <laughs> A uh, little dog runs across the meadow, and as he does so, he shakes himself, and he shakes himself four times, and every time he does, he gets bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and after he shakes himself the fourth time, he stops right in front of older sister, and he is four times the size of a bear. He's a massive dog. <laughs> um, and he cranes his head down and eats older sister in one bite and just chomps her up and she doesn't come back to life ever again. She got eaten by that big puppy. Yeah, she live inside the puppy. <laughs> no, she die inside the puppy. Oh. <laughs> Bad dog. Um, Do you think it's because he eventually... So she she would regenerate as her big bad self, but he becomes a little puppy. So she does get regenerated. Like when he poops, he poops her out, but she's so teeny tiny that she can't hurt anyone. Maybe. That's cute. Like a Mike TV kind of situation? Oh my god, yeah, like a Mike TV situation. Uh, and from then on, Little Weasel and his grandfather and Little Dog all lived happily ever after. That is happy. That's so scary, Max. That was very, very, <laughs> that was very spooky. <laughs> I love Little Dog. I like. I was like, this story is great, but it's kind of similar to some stories that we've told before. It's almost like a Baba Yaga story, honestly. A little bit, but like really... Um, Really unique in a lot of ways. Yeah, there are, like, a lot of parallels to other kinds of stories. And I was like, this is a good one, but I might keep reading. And then they were like, there's a little dog. And he shakes himself and he gets really big and he eats the monster. And I was like, oh, I gotta fucking tell this. That's I was like also a Miyazaki, picturing... mon- like, Miyazaki character. You know, the creature? Personally, I yeah. was picturing your family's dog, Jack. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> it was just one of those tiny white dogs that always has, like, the tear streaks and everything like he's that. He's a Bichon. No, he's not a Bichon Freeze. He's a Maltese. Yeah. I was picturing a Maltese. Um, Is he a Maltese? I don't know. I was picturing the kind of tiny, like, curly hair, little white dog. Yeah. Super tiny. Very small. Can't do anything. <laughs> Can't do anything. <laughs> but, like, now it's four times the size of a bear and it eats a monster. <laughs> In one bite? Yeah. Holy shit. That might be the scariest thing you've ever told. Really? Yeah. I will, the beginning part for sure. The actual running and the adventure part is very similar to a Baba Yaga story, right? Yeah, like, they're which I love. Yeah. Yes. Which is not a criticism. I could hear those literally all day. And this was not the same thing, but it was like animals helping you or you crossing a river is very mm-hmm. reminiscent of like a Baba Yaga type. You know, you need a, you need a bridge and the, um, the giant or the ogress or the witch can't cross the bridge because yeah. it's too thin. Um, but yeah, the actual description of this thing is the scariest thing that I've ever heard of. I'm going to have nightmares about that, and I love it. Thank you. The idea of, like, the cool, hot grandpa with two different colored eyes, hot and cool. Yeah, grandpa's hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might be grandma. Is that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Just call me grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, the idea of, like, you grow up in this space and you think that this is normal kind of thing. And it's so fucking terrifying. 100%. So scary. The idea of, like, she always is facing away towards a corner and she has all of her hair combed over her face and she, like, doesn't look at him and doesn't talk to him and, like, that is so scary. a new element that we have never heard that hasn't been tackled in stories so far. Because usually with the stories that we tell and the stories that are being told to children, it's the idea of, like, 
a stepmother comes in and now everything's bad. Mm-hmm. Or now suddenly you're living with a monster and you know that you're living with a monster and it's like the Beauty and the Beast thing, you know? But this one was, no, he had no way of knowing that this terrifying thing, it told it, it told him that it was his older sister. Yeah. That's it. And it's very scary. That also means that it had to explain the concept of an older sister. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah. I also, something that I love about this also is that, first of all, it is, <laughs> this is dumb, <laughs> but I still believe it. It's it's nice to see a lady monster. Yeah. It's nice to see a lady monster, period. It's yes. like, nice to see a lady monster who is the, like, central antagonist of a story, period. Mm-hmm. It's also really nice to see a lady monster who is not sexualized in any way, where a lot of yes. times it's like, oh, like a succubus, like, ooh, she's gonna get you, like a mermaid, or like, yeah. or this like, is just, she's just a monster, and she tells him that she is his older sister, and that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's her gender has absolutely nothing to do with it, and I think that's great. <laughs> that is so cool. It's so scary. Mm-hmm. Chinoo stories. Guys, please go listen to the bonus episode. I don't know what number it is, but there's a Chinoo story that I tell about a woman who sees a Chinoo, and then she panics, and instead of running from it, she says, Oh, hi, Dad. Wow, you look great. we missing you. Let's go. And then out of panic, she pretends it's her dad, and then it gets confused because, like, wait, what? And then it just follows her home, and then they become best friends. Mm-hmm. I like Chinoo stories. Native American monster stories fucking crack me up every time. But the Chinoo stories are always, like, really weird. Yeah. <laughs> because these creatures <clears throat> used to be human at one time. Yes. And so there's, like, a weird element to them that when they re- interact with humans, you never know where, like, what's going to happen. Yeah. I kind of love it. I also <laughs> – I know that you said this before I started telling the story, but I forgot. Um I left out the most upsetting descriptor of her because I was like, we've already heard it once. So we don't need to hear it again. She eats her own shoulders. Uh, no, it's that her mouth is always full of blood because she has chewed off her own lips. That's the Chinoo thing. They eat their own lips. The Kiwakwi, as well as the Chinoo and a lot of these parallel, they're not identical. It like They're from very distinct tribes and cultures and everything. Yeah. But they have a lot of similar uh, characteristics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kiwakwi as well as the Chinu are usually people who have committed some like crime against humanity, mm-hmm. either cannibalism or like murder of a family member sometimes. Or it does specifically say I linked to in um, nativelanguages.com, which is an amazing resource. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of really cool um, like sort of monster features, specifically from Native North American stories. And they do an amazing job with all their research. I think they work directly with James and Joseph Bruchak a bunch mm. of times. Because um, they are a wealth of information. Yeah. And like, that's actually how I found out about this book is through nativelanguages.com. Mm. Um, it's a fantastic resource and you should absolutely check it out. It is so unbelievably cool. And they do such a good job of splitting out the different tribal affiliations of like language and like the specifics within each group Mm -hmm. um, in a way that's incredible. Um, I love it. It's a fantastic website. Please check it out for any kind of like um, specifically like I I have only used it specifically for sort of creature features for Native American stories, but it is such an amazing resource. Yeah. But they sort of talked about all of the different components of it. They specifically said that beyond cannibalism, beyond murder, usually murder of a family member, one of the other mm. things that you can do that will get you turned into one of these cannibal heartless creatures is to refuse food to someone who is starving. Oh. Yeah. Um, that's not as 
egregious as killing and eating one of your family members. It's not as egregious, but also it is a deeply inhuman thing to do. It's true. You know? Yeah. And specifically when they commit these sort of atrocities, they are turned into a monster with a heart of ice who mm-hmm. eats people. So a lot of times they're called like ice giants and stuff like that. Um, not because they have like ice powers or anything like that, but because their heart has been replaced with a heart of ice and they have no feelings for people anymore. Yeah. Which is also, I think, a really cool descriptor. Yes. Uh, Kiwakwi, uh, Abenaki, or Kiwakwa, or Kiwaku um, is all kind of the same thing. Um, I linked to a whole thing about like, this is a creature in lore. Mm-hmm. The other thing that is mentioned in the uh, When the Chenu Howls that uh, James and Joseph Bruchak mention about the Kiwakwi is that one of the things that separates them from the Chenu is that the Kiwakwi can pass as human as long as you don't see its face. Oh, which does, is does it fucking though? terrifying. Does it pass as human? I mean, you wouldn't know that it wasn't human. You just you think know? it was like Samara from the ring. Yeah. And there are a bunch of stories about them kidnapping children, fattening them up, and then eating them uh but my favorite thing about them which is wild to me Mm -hmm. is that a lot of the stories about them are about them like the child gets away and the child is very polite to everyone who he meets along the way (laughs) and the kiwakwi is rude and (laughs) that's asshole that's their undoing (laughs) it's like you should always be nice to everyone you meet because otherwise you might not be able to eat that child that you have kidnapped and fattened up over the course of many years that's true be polite okay and then you can eat any child you want (laughs) that's the lesson (laughs) that was so good oh it's so scary so good and so scary and uh holy shit we're starting out 2024 with some monsters oh my that's god that's a monster monster i yeah very good <sighs> she's so scary guys james and joseph bruchak are the fucking best love them i'm having a good time i'm gonna tell every story in this book yeah it's they're so all good. good yeah oh good. they're all so good good yeah love i'm it. so thrilled okay well fantastic job fantastic job you buddy happy new year happy new year happy to new year happy to new year (laughs) (laughs) guys and happy to new year to you Uh, (laughs) let's all eat people (laughs) hey but be nice about it (laughs) or else lol okay well guys if you liked those stories and you want some more Listen to all the other episodes we've ever done, and mm-hmm. then join our Patreon, and you have 11 fancy bonus episodes in there, and a 12th on way. Next month, I think, is is next month our 12th bonus episode? A whole year of boners? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We should call our doctor. <laughs> no. That's healthy. We're young and healthy and nice and virulent. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, join us on the Patreon. Um, join us on Instagram to see some pictures that I'm going to post. And join the Discord and email us at sortofthestory.com. We're still getting riddles, which is fun. We Somebody yes. sent us... Uh, I think that was still Faye, right? Uh, sent us a bunch of... E the E. E the E. E the E. I think that might be Faye. But they sent us... They basically were like, look up the 1835 book of riddles. And we went through the whole book and answered some riddles and had a great time. Janie was better at them than I was. It's because I realized that they're dumb. No, it's because you're good at riddles. I am not good at riddles. That's the thing about me. I'm a very Samson-esque person when it comes to riddles. 
<laughs> you're a real what have I got in my pocket kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Gollum. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's Hobo. <laughs> oh, shit. You're right. Yeah. You're Gollum. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> uh, hang out with us. We love you. We want to know more about you and uh, you're interesting and good. So mm-hmm. be our friend already. God damn it. God damn it. Check out all of our sources and stuff in the show notes. And if you have a moment to spare, please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That would make us real happy. For and only pennies a day, you can review this podcast and send us several pennies a day. <laughs> for only pennies a day, you can make me, Janie, happy on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> okay, we'll see you next week. Or else. Yeah, summer is licking his butthole, so it's time for us to go. <laughs> <A> goodbye. <laughs> and a goodbye. Hi, buddy. Hi, Max. Testing. Testing. Oh, my God. Hi. Hey. I brought something for you for the test. I'm really excited. <laughs> you know those little bugs? They're usually gray. If you look at them from the top, they're like an oval shape, and they roll up into a ball. You know those? Rolly polies. Yes. I also call them roly-polies. Good. Other people call them other things. Okay. And I spent my lunch break two All days right. ago. Hold on. Can I can I pitch some alternative names before you give me the alternative names? Yes, but I do want to tell you I spent my whole lunch ba- break putting together what I believe to be the most comprehensive list of all of the names that people call that bug. Okay, good. Go on. I do think that some people call them polywogs. They do. Okay, good. Uh, little armored croissants. Mm-mm. Tiny fairy soccer balls. Oh. Ooh, what about what? Armadillites. Armadillites! <laughs> oh, that's the best one. <laughs> Some people do call them pill bugs. Yes. Okay. Um, how about. That'd be a good name for them. Uh, hold on. Hold on. It's like when people are like China and it's like exactly Zhongguo because it's like in the language that it's in. That's yeah. what the really polys call That's themselves. They call is themselves. Like... Um, okay. Well, I can't think of any more. Armadillite really was just the mm-hmm. button that we needed. <laughs> really well, good. I've got a bunch of other ones for you. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to read a handful of them and then I'm going to have you read a handful of them. What do you okay, think? Okay, yeah. Just so it's a proper test. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got here the reason. Sorry, I. I forgot this, and now I'm, like, less funny. Um, <laughs> they're the term for one of the bugs that is called a roly-poly. There are a couple of different kinds. Mm-hmm. They're, like, slightly different species, and but everyone kind of lumps them together and calls them the same thing. Yeah. The uh, formal name for that bug species, though, is armadillidae. Armadillidae. Armadillidae is better. Armadillite. The tiny armadillo. (laughs) (laughs) Armadillo light. (laughs) I like it. Globally, it is called a pill bug. Yeah. I think that's wrong, but yes, okay. In the US and Canada, it's called a roly-poly. Yes, good. Spellings vary. The UK and Australia call them wood lice. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that's what they were. I didn't either, yeah. In Australia, they call them slater bugs. (laughs) I said slater bug. (laughs) (laughs) I said see you later bug. (laughs) I I want to make a shirt... That is a little uh, roly-poly wearing glasses on a skateboard. And it says, oh, I said, he, he see was later a, bug. He was a Slater bug. He was a Slater bug. I said, see you later bug. Yeah, that's it. That's really good. <laughs> I really like it. In parts of the UK, they're called cheesy bugs. <laughs> Ew, why though? <laughs> 
cheesy bugs. <laughs> in parts of the USA, they're called sow bugs because mm-hmm. they're like a little pig. Or in the southern United States, they're sometimes called doodle bugs. Doodle bugs. <laughs> Australia, New Zealand, Scotland, Northeast, and Ulster, Ireland all call them slaters. Isn't doodle bug a song? Doodle bug. Jitterbug. Oh, that's no, it's not jitterbug. It's doodle bug. No, it's jitterbug. It's not jitterbug. Well, as I said, that does sound like that. <laughs> Doodlebug. In Australia, oh, yeah. they also call them butcher boys. <laughs> oh, butcher boys. Australia does everything cooler. I know. Germany calls them cellar bugs. Australia is like stuck in a 1980s like teen dystopia. Yeah. <laughs> it really is like... The Warriors if, and it, Mad Max. <laughs> it's like if... What is it called? Rocket Power? Was that that yeah. weird yeah. fever dream Hawaiian skater kids? Yeah, show? it's the one where their it's handshake Rocket was Power. like wiggling their fingers at each other. And I thought that was really yeah. cool. Um, it's like if Rocket Power was Mad Max. And yeah. that's Australia in real life. That's forever. Australia in real life. Forever. Yeah. Canada and the U.S. also calls them carpenters. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Netherlands and Belgium, this is one of my personal favorite. Yeah. My personal favors. They called them pisa bed, which means bed pissers. <laughs> pissed in their bed <laughs> i would think that was Your clear police eat wood they're not termites how come so many people think that they eat wood mm. in francophone regions they're called cloport which possibly means closed pork uh, mm. yeah they're like little pigs who roll up on themselves that makes sense <laughs> in the uk they're called parsons pigs who's parson parsons pigs parson daily <laughs> no <laughs> in denmark they're called bench biters I think Which that everyone like thinks a slur they... somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a slur for lesbians for sure. <clears throat> in Devon in the UK, they're called chicky pigs, which also feels like you shouldn't say that. <laughs> in the southern US, they're also called chucky pigs. Uh-huh. In South America, I've uh, never heard that in my whole life. We live either. in the southern US, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. In South America, in some countries, they are called chanchitos, which means little pigs. <laughs> in the UK, they're also called potato bugs. And in Cornwall, they are called grammar sow. Okay. So that's some. Yeah. I'm going to let you scroll through. There are four of these if you scroll this way. Mm. some There's some crossover, so feel free to skip swipe the duplicates. Yeah. Swipe right. Cheesy bugs, cheese logs in England. Okay, hold on. Boat builders. In Newfoundland, mm-hmm. Canada. Boat builders. I like it. Chisel bobs. <laughs> England. <laughs> Chisely bobby. <laughs> um, timber pigs in England. Oh, Monkey so peas. Or <laughs> pea balls. <laughs> Classic no. pea balls. Don't call them That's pea balls. That's where pea is stored. In the balls. In the balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, P is P-E-A. Pea balls. Uh, England also calls them pishamares. And it says that the United States, we call them potato bugs or tomato bugs. Ah, potato, tomato, am I right? (laughs) We do not. Crunchy bats. England. (laughs) In England? They have too many names for these things. Yeah, England really needs to get their shit together. Pick one, England. (laughs) Wood bugs in Western Canada. Granny greys in Wales. Mm. And Wales really is just silly Ireland. So (laughs) this makes sense. Billy Buttons. Guess where that's from? England. It's England. (laughs) (laughs) Parson Pigs. Oh, we already said that one. Mm -hmm. I still think it's really cute, though. Yeah. I like the idea of like a parson. Like, I don't know. Isn't that like a figure in the church? No. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Walking his little pigs on leashes and they're all just little bugs. (laughs) I just can't. Okay, that's about it. I'm trying to think of any more. 
Cheesy Papa. Cheesy Papa? Cheesy Papa. Guess where that's from? Australia? It's uh, England. England. Oh, it's Essex. <laughs> Bunty Nathans. <laughs> Cunty Nathan is serving butt. Jomets. Jomets? From Clonagana. From what? Clonagana. Ireland? I don't know. It just says Clonagana. Clonagana what? Jomets. Clonagana. <laughs> nothing. Clonagana with you. <laughs> Cheesy Lou. Oh. That's from England. <laughs> England, get it together. <laughs> Sourbug. Aw. That's from England. <laughs> hey, guys. That is such a small country. <laughs> I like this one. Rosary bug. Because it looks like a little rosary bead. That's from Turkey. Mm-hmm. That's really We're good. We're finally out of England. We Are did we? it. Yeah. Are we? Yeah. And uh, hardback. Mm. That's from England. <laughs> <laughs> and just when I thought I was out, it sent me right back in. <laughs> Daddy Gramfer. <laughs> England, come on. <laughs> is North Somerset England? <laughs> I would imagine. I, Dandy Postman. <laughs> That's my little gay mailman. <laughs> Ugh, I opened up that box that was in the back of my closet for like years. And all of these fancy little post office workers came out. Uh, that's also from like, England. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. Ireland just calls them fat pigs. <laughs> hey, Ireland. <laughs> Ontario, Canada calls them humidity bugs. Oh, it's their fault. Horton bug. Like Horton hears a, a bug. Oh. Horton bug. That's from England. <laughs> Why does England have so many? Hobbling Andrew. <laughs> That's from England. <laughs> this seems like someone was caught doing a crime and they were like, oh, I feel kind of bad about hobbling Andrew. And the police were like... <laughs> You did what? And they're like, no, that's just what I call this bug. <laughs> um, that's that's the only that's that's the last one. But also, England. <laughs> it's hey, like England. when England stopped doing like war crimes. <laughs> they were just like, why don't we spend the rest of Eternity. the time that we have of, of being a country <laughs> fucking roasting roly polies? I got a couple more for you. <laughs> My personal favorite: carpet shrimp. Mm. <laughs> I love carpet shrimp. Carpet that makes shrimp sense. Is so cute. Also, Charlie pigs <sighs> and cheesy wigs. Cheesy wigs. What if you had and peasy bugs? What if you had a can of cheese whiz and damp beetles? <laughs> damp beetles <laughs> from Northeast England. <laughs> that one from England. <laughs> Grumper pigs in Bermuda. Yep. Granny Grunter from the Isle of Man. They're weird. <laughs> They're pretty weird. Are they trying to fuck that bug? They're trying to fuck that bug. Mm, seems like they might be trying... In Plymouth, Devon, England, mm. they call them menaces. <laughs> <laughs> Great. They're not fucking around. So they must eat wood. <laughs> they must. They must. From what I know, though, they don't do nothing except get picked up by kids. <laughs> Elf cannonballs. Oh. Yeah, you throw them. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. They did it. <laughs> that one's from England. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Elfadillos. Yeah. 
fat pigs. <laughs> I um, like the Irish one. Yeah. The Irish are like, stupid cunt <laughs> is another word that we call them. In England, they're like, they fucking suck. They're just a menace. <laughs> Here they go. I hate them. It looks like my grandmother. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, in Wales, they call them something that I'm not going to try to pronounce because Welsh is a nightmare language, but it means a tree pig. <laughs> a tree pig. Or an ash fly. <laughs> I just love them. Mm. Carpet shrimp is my favorite. Carpet shrimp, I think, is the best one out of the, all of them. Out of the, all of Except them. Except for fat pig. <laughs> mm. I still think that one's fun. <laughs> I like cheese log also. England really went over quantity versus quality. Yeah, they just said a bunch of words and they were like, and that's what it's called. And it's like, okay, but put a little thought into it, please. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's Australia. We're sorry. I'm Australia. Australian who's making fun of England. <laughs> Australia has a second place with Slaterbug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I will be making a shirt for it. So He was a Slaterbug. I said, see you later. I said, bug. see you later, bug. <laughs> uh, 